This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football is back, baby. <sighs> the thrill of the game. Cheering fans, touchdown dances, and absolutely BS calls from refs. But getting taken out of the game? <laughs> out of the question. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits from local stores and get them all delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. Or schedule them for delivery up to two weeks in advance. Now you can keep the party going without missing a second of the action. And win or lose, Drizzly makes it easy to send the gift of beer, wine, or spirits to the fellow football fans in your life, especially if that means a little extra post-game gloating. Download the Drizzly app before game time or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Christmas is a time for loving, laughing, caring, and sharing. It's also a time for reflection. <clears throat> There's no denying that the Ammers are flying and Moisey is doing a great job. We've got some great lads now, but we've had some rubbish. Remember Wilshire, the knob? Fifth in the league, smashing Europa in a cup quarter final. Imagine if we won a trophy. We'd be dancing in the street like Lionel. We've still got deck despite being underpaid. Jared Bowen met Danny Dyer, now he's getting laid. I love Pablo and Benny, both very good with their feet. Suchek's a good lad. Somebody I'd like to meet. Mickey needs some goals to stop the trolls, and yes, at times he makes you wince. But look at what he's done and what he'll continue to do. He's still our Jamaican prince. The back five have been outstanding time after time. I spoke about them collectively there because I couldn't think of a rhyme. The London Stadium is no Upton Park and of course some will always moan. But after some cracking results and some good atmospheres, it's starting to feel like home. On a personal level, what can I say? Things are going well with the West Ham way. People still like the podcast and love X's news. What's been the best extra time show? It's hard to choose. The pre-match events are full of laughter, beers and cheers. And in terms of Code Red, I haven't shit myself for nearly two years. Mad Dog is hilarious and enjoys tearing us apart. And Dan Woffenden's pre-match analysis is simply a work of art. So I hope you will agree that £5 a month is good value for money. Surely it's worth that for the Burger Review alone. I'm not being funny. But let's not forget, this is about Christmas, which is a special time of year. We hope you have a fantastic time with everyone you class as dear. So sing those carols loud and proud with all your might. What is your favourite carol, by the way? Mine is still Silent Night. Merry Christmas from everyone at the West Ham Way. Yeah.
You're listening to the West MY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWHU employee. It's Christmas and when it comes to the podcast that can only mean one thing, a Christmas West Ham related quiz for X hosted by myself and we hope you can play along too. As always X will give his weekly news update before ending the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. That's all coming up on this Christmas special. Christmas is around the corner, Rex. Are you excited, mate? Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was so I'm like overly buzzing for it, but uh, it's always <laughs> nice to spend uh, Christmas with your kids. Christmas is much better when you've got children. So, mm. so yeah. Uh, usually, I used to think it was, um, you know, by about obviously our birthday is Christmas Eve, so I was always resentful that um, by about six o'clock it was ruined by a big fat man coming down the chimney with a sack and. That's enough about my dad. So, <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, so, but yeah, it's, 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 it's nice. Um, yeah, nice to spend time with the family, but hopefully there'll be no restrictions on that front. Oh, God, yeah, don't go there for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the reason I ask you that is, is it fair to say that you are actually not the biggest Christmas fan? Yeah, no, I'm not the biggest Christmas fan, to be honest with you, for reasons, like I said. I mean, I know it's always just like a spoiled child, but, uh, you know, it, it did in a way sort of overshadow your birthday a little bit. And, I, you know, Christmas decorations, see, I know you're the opposite, like Christmas decorations going up in November and everything. So being around it, it's nice to spend time as a family. I'm just like an absolute scrooge now. But, like, uh, it's <laughs> nice to spend time with family, and, you know, it's, it's quite cosy, I guess. But uh, I'm just a summer man, summer is my season and I, I would oh if I could if I could click a button or you know switch switch a switch or whatever to make the, the seasons just permanently summer I would do that. Mm, yeah no I'm I'm the same. I mean don't get me wrong I don't mind the weather and the coldness around Christmas because I think Christmas would be weird if it was sunny and warm. I mean I remember mm. one one year we went away to Grand Canaria for Christmas and it was hot and it just didn't feel right at all. It felt as if Christmas had been cancelled, to be honest. So mm. I do like the weather around Christmas, but as soon as Christmas gone, I just want it to go and then I want the sunshine back. But mm. I mean, even this year, the summer was a bit pony, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the current world we live in. We're just going to get rid of this COVID crap, hopefully, and then life will be back to be a bit more, uh, uh, I don't know, enjoyable, I guess. But uh, mm. until that time, none of us have any control over it. So it's going to be deal with what, what you've got, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got your presents sorted? Um, thankfully, um, my wife pretty much took control over everything. I just had to provide the money, so it was quite quite easy. And in terms for her, she wants a couple of new sofas, which have already been bought. So I think I've got uh, quite a, quite an easy gig, really. I don't think there's much more to do. Sit, sit back and put my feet up. Um, yeah. Uh, well, worryingly, I have ordered um, a couple of Christmas cards. Um, and again, lazy option off uh, off Amazon, and uh, I'm still waiting for them to arrive. So there's a few, um, few, a couple of my kids haven't actually got one for, for parents or grandparents yet. So hopefully Amazon will come up trumps in the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, yeah I've got them all done myself. 
Shit, you've just made me realise, actually, that cards is the one thing I do actually need to sort out. So, yeah, it's a good yeah. shout out. Um, Present-wise, yeah. yeah, I think I'm pretty much done now, mate. So, uh, you know, I think like you said earlier on, I love Christmas. I've always been a sucker for it. I agree with what you're saying about the birthdays. I mean, I look, I mean, you know what my memory's like. I, I look back to when I was a kid, and I don't actually remember it really having that much of a negative impact on me, my birthday mm. being so close to Christmas. Now, now we've grown up, it's just a fucking write-off, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it did. I think you're right. I don't think it did as a kid. As a kid, and, and bless them. And, you know, my, my as I said before, my parents listened to the shows. So I'm going to give credit where credit's due. They did They did make the effort to make it distinguishable between Christmas Eve and, and Christmas Day. Um, but like you say, now, now when you're like... <laughs> our age and when you've got kids and stuff yeah christmas eve your birthday might as well not not exist really uh, it exists till about 12 o'clock in the in the morning you know afternoon 12 o'clock and then that's it it's all focus on the next day but i don't really care to be honest i try to forget my birthdays now i'd be i'd be happy to stop counting now if people want to if people want to do that so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the presents i bought my brother this year was a book of funny football quotes oh, yeah. and there's some really good ones in there and i've written some down to share with you because some of them are really good i think starting with john motson and he said for those of you watching in black and white spurs are in all yellow strip <laughs> surely you can do a better impression of that <laughs> come on you love come an impression don't you? I, do. I love, I love your impressions I love how working class John Motson suddenly become by the way yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said Paul Scholes even <laughs> this is a random player that came into my head yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and there's some classic contradiction from Sir Bobby Robson when he said, we didn't underestimate them. They were a lot better than we thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can, obviously, these are completely massive contradictions, but when you're put on the spot, sometimes, I mean, I bet there's things I've said over the years of doing this that just don't make any sense whatsoever. I think, to be honest, it's probably quite frequent. Um, so, yeah, I do, I do, yeah. do sympathise a little bit with them. You're right. I mean, when you're backed into a corner, I think you can yeah. do some of the best lines. And uh, try and work this one out from Rude Hullet. He said, we must have had 99% of the game. It was the other 3% that cost us a match. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got as good a bass as us. But in, in fairness to him, he said that in the set, in his second language. So that's, uh, that's quite clever. I couldn't say that in Dutch. True, so. true. Um, I love this one from Martin Tyler. Oh, he had an eternity to play that ball, but he took too long about it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, um, do you remember Mark Draper? He used to play yeah, for Aston yeah. Villa. Yeah, uh, that's the ball that's right. midfield. That's it, that's it. Come up with the odd goal every now and then. Yeah. He said, I'd like to play for an Italian club like Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's a legendary quote from Bex coming up now. I'm sure you've heard it. I definitely want Brooklyn to be christened, but I don't know into what religion yet. <laughs> and the, the last few are from Ron Atkinson, right? Because I love Ron Atkinson. He's so funny with some of the things he said. And he said this one. A little bit controversial as well. To be fair, yeah, I was probably fair. I should say that. Obviously, he was kind of covered in shame towards the end with the thing that he said off air. And, and granted, that wasn't great for him at all. And he has suffered for it since. But then the amount of black players that came out on the back of that and said, look, Ron isn't racist. He just did something very silly and said something very silly. Yeah. Um, probably tells you a lot. But that aside, I've always found his character very funny. And he said in one interview, he said, 
I never comment on referees, and I'm not going to break the habit of a lifetime for that, Pratt. <laughs> it's quite a clever way of doing it. To be yeah, fair, because unless you were like reflecting back on it, like we're doing that, you probably wouldn't have like that. Like immediately thought we would just have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And whilst doing some co-commentary, he also came out with his blinder. Well, Clive, it's all about the two M's: movement and positioning. <laughs> and the last one from Big Ron and fucking hell try and make sense out of this he said you can see the ball go past them or the man but you'll never see both man and ball go past at the same time so if the ball goes past the man won't or if the man goes past they'll take the ball <laughs> my brain was all over the place. <laughs> I was going to say, that. that's like some kind of cryptic thing you used to get in your sort of at school when you were doing like a random subject like PSHE or something. <laughs> you just have like, you just have no clue whatsoever to what that thing. <laughs> As for, uh, yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. Okay, mate, so listen, we can talk about the Norwich game that never happened and crying <laughs> to our regnogs about the event being cancelled or the depressing no. night at Arsenal in the week, or <laughs> we can just have some jovial West Ham related Christmas fun what do you want to do uh, I don't like Christmas so let's do the um, that's a jovial fun then go on right. good because I hadn't planned anything for the first I was going to say that would you <laughs> I was thinking what are you doing <laughs> right okay mate I have prepared a little quiz for you and for everyone listening okay so are you ready for this well, I don't know, because I didn't know I was going to have it. I feel a bit like under pressure and out of practice. But well, that was deliberate, you see. <laughs> yeah. um, now, in light of recent revelations, I don't want to see any cheating from you, mate, okay? Okay. Because I know what you're like. So no fucking Googling. <laughs> okay. Now, listen, if you remember last Christmas when we done this, um, these that questions... sounds like a really crap George Michael yeah. <laughs> last Christmas when we've done this <laughs> if you remember yeah. <laughs> it's like a really shit charity thing yeah. <laughs> um, but when we did do this last year it was more kind of more of a light hearted quiz so right. I'm not going to ask you questions where you could potentially embarrass yourself if you don't know the answer. To be fair, you're very good at quizzes in general anyway, to be honest, mm -hmm. especially okay. when it comes to geography, as we've said on this show. Yeah. I mean, you know, on the spot, capital Chiliex. Santiago. Thank you. So I continue. <laughs> so these questions are very lighthearted and it's a lot of guesswork, really. Okay. But hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully so does uh, everyone else. So I've thrown this together, four rounds, five questions in each round. 20 questions in total and the first three rounds i believe are about a specific individual and the fourth one is a, a general one about individuals if that makes sense so um i'll be keeping a score tally x and let's see at the end how you do out of 20 questions you ready well, as you're putting me on the spot, can you read each question in a different uh, impression? <laughs> Doing these fucking impressions. <laughs> of a different game show host to make it even more specific. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do as a compromise, right? I will, th the last round, I will read in someone else's voice. Okay. Okay, is that fair? That's fair, yeah. Okay, right. Round one is Mark Noble. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, and X, uh, I speak for everyone when I say I wish you the very best of luck with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, X, whilst Mark Noble is a one club man, 
He has had loan spells with two other clubs. Who were they? Oh, boom, I've got this. That's a good start. I was worried that I'd get the first one wrong, but one I can definitely remember because all of my um, uh, wife's family support this t- uh, team, so that's Ipswich. And the other was at Hull. And I remember I remember that one because, uh, yeah, it, it just made me think of it. It wasn't like the most glamorous of place to go to. So, yeah, Ipswich and, Ipswich and Hull. Very but, good, mate. Very good. Congratulations. You're off to a flying start, mate. Okay, question two. How many appearances did Mark make for the England under-21 side? I can offer you multiple choice if you don't instantly know the answer. Yeah, you've got to go multiple choice on that. I, can't, I couldn't tell you specifically. I have a rough idea that he played a lot of times, and which is what's so sad about it. He played for, you know, the 21s for ages. Was it under probably like someone like, I can't remember the managers now, Howard Wilkinson or someone like that, Aidy Boothroyd, someone like that. And you thought, well, they never, and he played at England at every level. And you kind of thought, well, he's mm. never speaking to go and get a cap, he never did. So, yeah, I, so I would say it was a lot. So let's go, give me the options. Okay, 16, 18 or 20? On the basis of what I've just said, I'm going to go with 20. You are correct. Yes. And do you know what? I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me how many goals he scored. And that, that's not multiple choice. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think we've even taken penalties. If we've even taken penalties, that would have given him a bit more. Um, how many decades? I'll say 20. Um, two. Oh. You're so close, mate. You're so close. I didn't expect you to know this, but you were very, very close. Closer than I thought. The answer's free. Disappointing. That's a good shout. But remember, that was a bonus point. So technically, you know, that doesn't affect your 100% record so far. Okay, good. Okay. In 2020, Mark was rated as the player with the second highest conversion rate for penalties in world football over the last 20 years. His 90.5% conversion rate was only beaten by which player? Not multiple choice. Oh, God, that's hard. Is it a current player? Yes. <sighs> I'm tempted in the spirit of Christmas to give you the odd clue. If maybe you want to ask me fair I'm going to have to have an odd clue on that because this, this is not West Ham knowledge. This is world football knowledge. And my football knowledge is basically to West Ham. Um... Uh, I'm just trying to think who's got a good penalty. Right? I, do you know what? I can't even think of people, especially current players, that uh, that are on the that springs of mind. I mean, I mean, Messi takes penalties, but I'm sure he's missed a few. Right, um, I'll give you one clue. Okay, and one clue only because okay. this clue could potentially completely give it away. But if it gives okay. it away and you get it, then fair play because I'm okay. I'm choosing to give you this clue. Okay, I think that this was pretty well documented. How harsh that it was that he didn't win it but he arguably should have won Ballon d'Or this time round but didn't um oh same uh led led of led of dog led on <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bayern Munich he put it in so I couldn't pronounce his name that's what he does that makes me convince it to him even more knowing yeah you'd laugh I can't pronounce that so Lewandowski or Lewandowski that guy the guy plays the Bayern Munich Polish striker 
I can tell you, X, that that is correct. Well done, mate. <laughs> I didn't know. He t- uh, do you know what? That's strange. It's never occurred to me that he was a breaking a penalty taker. That's my yeah. world football knowledge for you. Yeah. Do you know he had a penalty rate of 91.1%? Really? So he's like, missed one penalty in how many? Something like that. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's incredible, though. So, mm. um, well, mate, you're off to an absolute flyer. So, mm. question... Was about the clue, though. No, I thought it was only fair that I gave you that clue, yeah. to be honest. Okay. And like I say, in the spirit of Christmas, it was the right thing to do. Okay. So question four, and so far you've got three out of three. You're doing very, very well, mate. In 2020, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Mark donated how much to vulnerable people in Essex? Was it 35,000, 45,000 or 55,000? I don't have a clue, mate. <laughs> yes, well, well, a lot of these you won't. Like I explained no. at the beginning, a lot of this is guesswork that you wouldn't know unless you read it somewhere. Yeah. Um, right. Safe option. Always go down the middle. I'll go with wherever the middle one was. Okay. So you're saying 45,000. Yeah. I can tell you, X. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that was genuine disappointment. Well, it's it was 100% record. <laughs> <laughs> mate, in this quiz, you were never going to keep 100% record unless you were incredibly lucky because, you know, Fair this enough. isn't the only question like that, I'll be honest. It, <laughs> it was actually 35 grand, which okay. still very, very nice of him. Mm. Um, speaks volumes about the man. Okay. In which year was Mark granted freedom of the borough of Newham for his services to the borough? Was it 2015? 2016 or 2017? Um, well, the years again, sorry, 15, 16 and 17. Yeah. Part of me is trying to be logical and try and think that it might have coincided with like his testimonial or something like that. Um, because that would make most sense. Uh, um, so testimonial would have been 2016 when we left Upton Park, wasn't it? Because it was one of the about three or four games before the end of the season. So, with that logic in mind, I'm going to go 2016. You sure I can't tempt you with 2015 or 2017? <laughs> Playing like Chris Tarrant now. Um, <laughs> Uh, see, 15 and 17 don't seem as significant. I'm probably overthinking this, but 16 was the year we left Upton Park. It was the year of his testimonial. So to do something like that, it would make it sense to make it in a, in a what's it called, like a special year. So I'm going to stick with that answer. Or can I phone a friend? Can I phone Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately yeah. not. Okay, I'll sit with 16 then. I can tell you that you're correct. Good. Mate, you broke that down very well, actually. The logic you applied to get to that was very impressive, mate. Well done. Well done. (laughs) And I've got to say, you know, because I I will stress this again, this quiz is going to be quite heavily focused on questions that you don't expect to know the answer to. So to start round one or finish round one, should I say, with four out of five correct answers, mate, that's a great start. Great yeah, start. I'll take that. A bit annoyed. I got the money one wrong, but that was a pure guess. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, round two is all about David Sullivan. God, <laughs> this could be X-rated. <laughs> Are you ready? 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as confident on this round as I was on the open, I don't think. <laughs> okay, question one. <laughs> not as confident on this one. <laughs> okay, question one of round two. In 1982, Sullivan. I was one, yeah. In in 1982, (laughs) Sullivan was convicted of living off immoral earnings of prostitutes. Uh, Could happen to anyone. Uh, He successfully appealed and was released after serving how many days in prison? Was it 31, 51, or 71? Can repeat the question if required. Uh, he, so he was in prison because he 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 was a pimp, basically. Is that <laughs> what the question is? Yeah, I think that's the nuts and bolts of it. But he appealed right. it, and we must go on record and say this: he appealed it, and he was released after serving how many days in prison? So technically, he was illegally in prison. I think that's that's pretty much how the story goes. Yeah, show the shows on that Netflix and stuff. Admitting it's for murder in twenty five years, but still. Uh, yeah. uh, well, I can't remember what the days were now. Sorry, say it again. <laughs> so he got released after being uh, successful in his appeal, but how many days did he actually spend in prison? Was it 31, 51, or 71? Mm. What was the middle number? Sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a logic. Yeah. 31, the logic I've got in 31 is that that's one whole month. So yeah. that kind of makes sense. What was the middle one? 51. Okay, so there's not as logical a number that one. And what's the next one? 71. But remember, when you're thinking quite rightly that 31 days could be a, a solid month, mm. he won an appeal to come out at any given time. So it's not as if he served his sentence, then came out. He won an appeal to leave that sentence early. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to have been a clear month, then that's it, he's out. No, that's true, yeah. That almost seemed like it was premeditated if it was only a month. Uh, all right, then. I'm going to take that as an assist. So I'm going to cross out 31. That was, I would have, I would have gone for 31. Let me put that on record. I'm trying to know my friendship with you and know how you phrase things and when you would have said things. And I'm trying to take that as my clue. So I'm going to take that you've dismissed that for me to help me out. So then on the, so then on the flip side, so it was 51. And what was the other one? Sorry, I keep forgetting the numbers. Uh, 71. Let's go. For comedy value, which that sounds a bit harsh. Let's go for, <laughs> let's go for, let's go for, what's the word? Notori- no, notoriety, is that right? Word? Um, let's go for the longer one then, out of the two of those, for 71 or whatever it was. So to clarify, you're telling me that after six, uh, successfully appealing his sentence, he was released after 71 days. That's what you're saying. I would have said 31, but knowing you, how I've known, I can usually tell your your tone of voice, what you're, whether you're even trying to trick me or trying to help me. This is how well I think I know you. And going on the way you spoke just then, I think you were trying to help me. Therefore, I'm going to rule out 31, which I would have gone with, and I'm going to go with the 71 one. I can tell you, X, if you'd have gone with 51, you'd have been wrong. Chris Darren. All right. All right. Chris, thanks. That's good. I bet I know it's going to happen now. I'm going to kick myself for this. If you would have gone with 31, 
you also would have been wrong. <laughs> How well do I know you? That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. That is yeah. ridiculous. We spend way too much time together. <laughs> we don't. We really actually read you from your voice. <laughs> That's why I do different voices all the time. Just to yeah, shake exactly. it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right, you're off to a flyer, mate. Well, off to an absolute I can't flyer. take much credit from that, to be fair. But... No. Okay. So, question two. Which two newspapers did David own and then sell for 40 million? Oh, I reckon I might know this. Are you going to give me the options? No, I wasn't going to. Well, I definitely know one. Okay. It's just whether there's. Can I ask a question on it? One question. Uh, okay. Is it one, but with a variation of the same one to make it two? Because if it's that, I think I know. I think it is, yeah. Okay, the Daily Sport and like uh, and a special edition of that, like Sunday Sport or Saturday Sport. Or, X, you you've can... smashed it. You've got it. You've there got you it. Go. There you go. I knew it was the sport because that's not that awful paper, isn't it? <laughs> Just like, you know, my, my husband shagged our dog at Christmas, yeah. but I've forgiven him. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, those sorts of headlines all over the paper and yeah. stuff. So it's not yeah. exactly the most classy, you know. I, I, I put quavers up my vagina and now they're stuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah I, I found a wallaby up my husband's arse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, 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 to be associated with that sort of paper is just fitting for West Ham's. Uh, it just sums it all up, doesn't it? So, so yeah. yeah, there you go. I feel that I actually knew that one, worryingly. <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to cancel that subscription, mate. Yeah. Do, do you remember? I remember, like, this is just again, sorry, Dad, sorry, Mum, but when I was, like, 14, 13, like, I used to have a friend, I don't know if I should shout him out not, or not, because I probably shouldn't do his religion. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend, like, as in, like, he shouldn't have been doing this, given the religion he was, um, but I, um, I had a friend that used to look a lot older than them. Um, than we did. So when we were like 13, 14 or whatever, we'd all go past the news agents and I won't say his name, but he won't be listening. He's a Liverpool fan. I don't speak to him anymore, but you know, we'd go, let's, let's just call him. Let's just call him um, John. <laughs> it wasn't, let's just say. So we go, so we go, John, mate, mate, go to the news agents, get us a load of magazines, get us the daily sport. And he'd always come out of it. And then at school, all right, so always been an entrepreneur. You see, at school, we'd, we'd pay whatever. So the news agents, we'd pay whatever the face value was. At school, you could mark up, sell those by three or four fold. Because we were all, we were all, <laughs> we were all pervy boys as a ball boys school, you know, never get anywhere near a woman. So that sort of stuff. That <laughs> was like gold. Seriously. So, so David Sullivan indirectly used to help me make a bit of money. So, so the rumours are true. The rumours are true. David Sullivan is is is, is financing all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Okay. Question three. Which one of these porn films? Was I, one of I, I should definitely get this wrong for, for my <laughs> reputation. I think based on that last uh, last revelation, <laughs> so I'm actually going to try and get this wrong. I think. Yeah. Okay. So to repeat, which one of these porn films was one of David's? Okay. You ready <laughs> for this? He didn't appear in it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I believe he was very much on the production line. <laughs> Good. I fucking hope so. Anyway. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So one of the following is a genuine porn film that was produced by David <laughs> Sullivan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. By Curious George. 
<laughs> my kids watch that. <laughs> I don't, well, hopefully, they don't watch that version. I was going to say, I think it, I, I'm going to check next time. <laughs> to be honest, in this fucking day and age, that would probably be the name of the new series. Yeah, probably. I don't think there was bite. I think it's just called Curious George. It's no, about, it is. It's Curious about George. It's about monkey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so innocent. right. So this version is by Curious George. Okay, <laughs> so that's option that's one. some redness about that film. <laughs> <laughs> like just the, the title itself <laughs> Saturday Night Beaver <laughs> you've made these up haven't you because I haven't you've sat I'm there not... and the, <laughs> the three most funny names you can I know you <laughs> I can't give too much away but honestly right, so it's not by Curious George <laughs> Saturday Night Beaver <laughs> Confessions from the David Galaxy affair. (laughs) That could be him then. Well, listen, I'm not saying anything at this stage. Um, (laughs) The other two options, the last two options you've got, are Yank My Dude, which a dandy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I was going to say, mate, you think how much trouble I've got in for saying the odd word on this podcast before? Thank God I'm not employed anymore. I'll put it that way. Oh, my God. Oh, so yank my doodle, it's dandy. <laughs> or the last option is grinding Nemo. <laughs> Right, I can actually apply a little bit of logic to this, right? <laughs> believe it or not. Believe it or not, I reckon there's a little bit of logic here. So Nemo was only was only around recently, right? As in like the same. So the relevance of what did you say? <laughs> grinding Nemo. Grinding Nemo. Yeah. Okay, so the relevance of that name wouldn't have been significant when David Sullivan was making his mark. So I'm going to rule that one out because that's too modern. Um, what was the other? By Curious George. I'm going to rule out as well because, like, again, I think it's too modern. And also, I think from the limited knowledge I have of his porn videos, I don't think they they dabbled in um, more modern relationships, shall we say. I think they were sort of conventional <laughs> man and woman. Um, so yeah. I'm going to rule that one out. Um, what, was, what was the other options? Saturday Night Beaver. <laughs> okay, so that's seventies. So that could be one. And what's the other one? <laughs> Confessions from the David Galaxy affair. See, that concerns me because it's got his name in it, and that that makes me think, like, knowing how sort of how he works, that could be like his one. Oh yes, my name in it. <laughs> <laughs> so worryingly, that's the one. I'm, was there one more? Was that? <laughs> Yank my doodle, it's a dandy. <laughs> right, I'm not going to go with that. I guess that just sounds too comical to actually be taken seriously. <laughs> so oh. uh, that puts it down to 
Confessions of a Daddy Boy. Was that one? Confessions of a Daddy Boy or something? <laughs> Confessions of a Daddy Boy. David Boy. Confessions of a Daddy Boy. It sounds like well, a Welsh Confessions thing. of a Daddy Boy. That must not be the sequel to By Curious George. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right, so so the um, one you're thinking of is Confessions from the David Galaxy Affair. Right, and what was the other one? So Yank My Dude, It's a Dandy. No, I've ruled that one out. Um, I've ruled Saturday Nemo Night Beaver. Oh, yeah, that's the Nemo other one. And George. So I think it's just been Saturday Night Beaver and David Galaxy, however. As much as I don't want it to be, it's just, just because it's the least <laughs> funny time. So it seems to be the more sensible Choice. Yeah. It has got his name in it. Probably so tempted to give this. Just don't, don't don't you? Yeah. Okay. The phone is on the other side of the room. I'll put my camera on if you don't believe me. No, no, I believe you. I trust you. He's over there. It's about at least I could reach in fairness. But I'm more concerned <laughs> about the massive spiders that are walking around in this conservatory. <laughs> so you're okay. <laughs> I'll swing okay. three of them near my head. Um uh I'm gonna go with the David one purely because I think the others you've made up for comical value, and that's the only sensible title. So, uh, and, and the fact his name is actually David, that's the sort of thing I can imagine. There's probably another one called, you know, Sexy Sullivan or something along those lines somewhere. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with David one. Okay, so you're giving me the answer of Confessions from the David Galaxy Affair. I mean, I don't know what the fuck that even means, but I want to watch it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you are correct. Oh my gosh, wow. You are correct. I actually um, do want to watch it now, curiosity. <laughs> I just uh, hope he's not in it. Not by curiosity, yeah. Yeah, he's like, no, not by curious George Russell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so worryingly, oh, this you've got is 100% disturbing. record of the I didn't want to get this right. I don't know, <laughs> I'm just getting zero to prove I've got no affiliation with him. <laughs> right. At one point, what percentage of the adult male order market did David Sullivan own? Was it oh, six, was it sixty percent, seventy percent, or eighty percent? I have no idea. So we'll say a mail order. So anything ordered by, by mail is he owned that percentage of the market. Jeez, that's a even if it's sixty, that's a massive share. Yeah. Of the whole of the UK. Apparently, I, I mean, wow. I'm not. I'm not sure of the intricacies, but um... God, how perverted! Oh, he is a Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, um, that's shocking. Actually, thinking of that stat, when you think like back in the day, you used to pretty much order everything mail order. You know, like um, sort of you'd order. You'd even get like your football boots and your computer games and everything like that from mail order and stuff. So, yeah, but don't forget. This is the adult mail order market. Oh, sorry, I've missed the word adult. That's okay. That's not as shocking. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> I was thinking that whole. That's what I was saying. How perverse the nation was. much more than people buy. Yeah, exactly. That's what concerned me. Okay, that makes more sense now. <laughs> um, I literally have no idea on this. Um, so, again, again. The way you've written these now. So, again, I'm trying to apply logic here. Okay. So, 60% wouldn't be that impressive. I mean, it would be, don't get me wrong, but for the sake of a sort of comedy quiz, it's not, it's not as impressive. So, I'm 60 out, uh, often go down the middle 
for 70, which I am tempted to do, but purely because it's a comedy quiz and it sounds more ridiculous to say 80%, I'm going to go with 80%. I've got to tell you, X, you are absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely my, right. Again. My God. This is pure guesswork. And I mean, I'm trying to apply a little bit of logic to the porn industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, well, you're but, it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like worrying, <laughs> worryingly. I seem to know it quite well. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. This is your chance to complete the David Sullivan round with I can't 100% record. I can't believe I get 100% out of that. No, no, but I need to, I need to try and get this one wrong. I'm actually going to try and apply the era of, like, era of like, reverse logic on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know more about David Sullivan than Mark Noble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. According to the Sunday Times Rich List in 2019, how much is David Sullivan worth? Is it 1.2 billion? 2.2 billion or 3.2 billion <laughs> makes you realize how he should have spent more money as such a moment when you put those yeah those figures that's what um, i was thinking yeah. although it's nowhere near the figures of like um man city uh, man city and newcastle and so on is it um mm-hmm. part of me thinks i actually know the answer to this I actually think I know the answer to this one, annoyingly, because the reason I think I know the answer to this is because I remember once David Sullivan Jr., someone messaged him and said something like on Twitter, like he was getting trolled, and someone wrote to him, I'll take the silver spoon out of your arse, don't take the silver spoon and all your billions out of your arse. And I remember he wrote back in true, as he used to do a bit in those times, a bit younger, maybe a bit cocky. Um, he wrote back, uh, correction, billions. No, he wrote back, correction, billions. And I remember I someone then <laughs> someone then quote tweeted that and said, correction, billion. And I remember, I can remember the chain of it. And so... I actually think I know this answer, but, but, in, wow. order to, but in order to try and not get better marks on David Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got, you've, got, you've got to try and answer it properly. You've got to, you've got to try. Oh, and I actually think I know the answer to this. I think what I are you thinking? What, what do I you think, think it is? I mean, say the numbers again. 1.2 billion, 2.2 billion or 3.2 billion? I think it's 1.2 billion, but part of me wants to just say 3 billion, just to, just, just to not get 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I think if I'm, being, if I'm playing the game seriously, which I have been doing, I think it's 1.2 billion based upon that David Sullivan Jr. conversation. Also, you know, when you say one billion, two billion, three billion, it almost seems like it's not much difference. But actually, the difference between one billion and two billion is huge. Yeah, it's a huge difference. And considering he's always moaning about his wealth, if he was on anything more than one billion, I mean, obviously, one billion is a ridiculous amount of money, especially as he's made it from porn and stuff. But like, (laughs) but two billion or three billion. There'd be absolutely zero excuses for anything. So I think the answer is one billion, but I want to almost say the wrong answer, but I've already told you what I think the answer is, so I'm going to have to stick with it. Okay, so you're sticking with 1.2 billion. Um, I can tell you, X, you might be surprised to know that because of the answer you gave me, you now 
love David Sullivan. No, really no, love no. <laughs> I knew it. The thing is, I knew how to get the right answer. If I just shut up, the thing is, I'm so, I'm so, compe- I'm so competitive. I know, I know you So like, my, I've got the angel sat on my side saying, you know the answer to this. And then I've got, well, that actually on the devil, whatever it is. And on the other side, I've got someone saying, but you want to get this wrong. You don't want to know more about Mark Noble than, uh, than, uh, than David Sullivan. I know more about David Sullivan than Mark Noble. But because I'm so competitive, the freaking competitive one, one <laughs> And unfortunately, unfortunately, I actually didn't know the answer to that one. So, no. Yeah. Well, whatever way you look at it, mate, you're doing fantastically well. We've had ten questions so far. You've got nine of them right. Yeah, I'm a bit um, worried. No, isn't it? When I fall out on David Sullivan, I'm, I'm not sure I'm proud of that. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how you do with our next round, which is round three, Marco Boogers. <laughs> we're gonna say Karen Brady then. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I was no. tempted. I was <laughs> <Yeah>. tempted. <laughs> okay, there can't be many to ask about him. I wouldn't have thought. No, it was a bit of a struggle this round. I gotta be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, in July 1995, Harry Redknapp signed Marco for one million pound, but from which club? No multiple uh, choice. I know that one. I know this one because I remember it happening because this was the time I was absolutely obsessed with West Ham. So anything to do with like transfers and stuff like that, because that was when I first realised my love for transfers. I can, I'm, I would say that's probably my, um, if I was to, what's that quiz where you go in the black chair, um, mastermind, yeah. if I was to go on that, transfers or, or career paths in the, of West Ham players in the 1990s, I probably would be my special subject. And that's Sparta Rotterdam. Very good. Back of the net. Back mm-hmm. of the net. Good start again. Okay, question two. In 2007, the Times released a poll containing the worst 50 footballers of all time. Marco was in it. Harsh, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, a, little, a little bit harsh. Yeah, because he's just a bit mental. I mean, he yeah. actually did all right in, did all right in Holland and stuff, I think. Yeah. So where did Marco rank in that poll? Okay, so was it 7th, 19th, wow. or 36th? Gee, 7th would be... I've seen worse players at West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> 7th worse yeah. players than him at West yeah. Ham. Geez. No, I thought it was harsh, if I'm honest. Yeah. That is really harsh. I mean, like... Yes, of course. His career at West Ham was diabolical, but you know he he obviously was a semi decent player because he banged goals in at the top flight in Holland, and he can't be you know mug to do that, can he? So, uh, well, although maybe it shows why Lair's doing so well. I don't know. Oh, that would get people's backs up then, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go for the, the least, the, the bigger one, the higher number. So you're going for 36. Yeah. I can tell you that in a poll for the worst 50 <laughs> the worst 50 footballers of all time, he ranked 19th in that. That's so harsh. But who was the worst? Oh, I don't know. Okay, that'd, be worth, that'd be worth looking up. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I because it'd have to be someone you've heard of as well. Because yeah. obviously, you put me in there, I'm worse than the Marco Boogers, <laughs> you know? So it'd have, it'd have to be someone that was worse than, than someone that you'd actually heard. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the criteria was either, to be yeah. honest. Because, um, jo- you know, Joey Bocher, if you're judging it on, like, West Sangri, hasn't even got on a bloody pitch. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, maybe that uh, was discounting, though. Yeah, like Roberto. Roberto had a worse mm. career at West Ham than Boogers did. Yeah. But, yeah, this is what but it is. But this was so, published in 2007, you see. 
Oh, uh, yeah, this rules out a few more recent ones, but still, I mean, geez, 2007, like, so that would have been like, yeah, post Sasa Illich, post, um, who was that midfielder that we had, Bazilla, whatever his name was, um, post Edward Cisse, although he was actually had a decent career to be fair to him, played Paris Saint Germain, but yeah, okay, yeah, I got that one wrong. So I actually know more about David Sullivan than I do Boogers <laughs> and Noble now. <laughs> right. know more about the owner than any of the players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the trolls are going to be loving this. <laughs> this, is, this is the best Christmas present I've ever got. <laughs> For, forget getting one player. We're on a team sheet out of 300 games. This, this is what they've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I... I, I... I'm sorry in advance. That's all I can say. Um, okay. What excuse did Marco use for that terrible tackle on Gary Neville that saw him get a straight red card at Old Trafford? Was it the wet grass made him slide too far? Or was it Redknapp had instructed him to go in hard on Neville? Or was it Neville had called him a bad name? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, so, was it pitch was wet? He was told to go in on him hard, like Neville. What was the other one? Yeah, so you've got the wet grass made him slide too far. Yeah. Redknapp had instructed him to go in hard on Neville, or Neville had called him a bad name. I'm going to use logic here. Trying to picture the game. It was in the summer because it was one of his first few games for us. And yes, it always rains up north. But I don't particularly remember it raining in that game. So I'm going to rule that one out. I can't. He, he, he just literally come on the bench as a substitute. So it would have been very hard for Neville to have called him a name or a four in that time. And I... Whether he would have understood it or not, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I'm going to go with he was instructed to go in hard on him. Okay. That is the incorrect answer. Uh. Um, now, contrary to what you were saying, it was actually the wet grass made him slide too far. That was it. Okay. Mm, I'm assuming whether that's through sprinklers or whether it yeah. was, a, 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 you know, patches of rain, I don't know. But that's the excuse that he gave mm. for the quality of that tackle. Okay, starting to go a bit tits up for you now, mate, in this round. Yeah, a bit disappointed with um, that. Okay, so you have got one more question in this round, I believe. Um, no, you haven't. You've got two. Okay, so whilst Marco was recovering from a knee injury, which striker did Harry Redknapp sign to ultimately replace him? Not multiple choice. Oh, jeez, that's harsh, right? What's the year he played for West Ham? Uh, in 1995, you said, didn't you? I think something like that. I can give you a clue if you need it. Okay, give me a clue. He had two spells at West Ham. Oh, that's easy now, then. Mm, oh, I don't know. Think about it. Think about that, it. That's either... It's, it's probably not who you're thinking of. There's, there's only two options, surely. Okay. There's either Cotty... Or Dowie or Hutchinson. But Hutchinson came back in the 2000s, so it wouldn't be him. Um, although it could have been his first spell, I guess. No, they wouldn't have been together, those two. No. Cotty was signed. Um, 
Uh, he was silent towards the start of the season, wasn't he? His first game against Liverpool. But no, I, no, I'm convinced that now, my first thought, when you said that was Ian Dowie, so I'm going to go with Ian Dowie. You're back in the game and back Good. on track. Good. Well done. The correct answer is, of course, Ian Dowie. Well done, mate. Very Jeez. good. <laughs> From an absolute mental like, person that like, didn't, <laughs> didn't want to play football and was like, like, like seriously, like a unique character, shall we say, to a, to a cart horse or something. Yeah, Sounds yeah. like West Ham's kind of transfer policy in the 90s. <laughs> I think, isn't there a story as well with Boogies? I mean, I don't know. So really a future question, but that Red Lab never actually saw him playing. Just watch videos of him and stuff. So, mm, yeah, I that, show, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, shows our recruitment was a bit all over the place, really. I mean, really, if the stories of Marco Boogers are true, that he ran into a caravan and, you know, he's, I mean, it's well, all over the place. It does show that the players in those days didn't get, we've had guests say this before, didn't mm. get the support they should have got as mm. if he was struggling as much. The same with Joey Beecham as well, like struggling as much as it appears they were mentally with the move to West Ham or whatever. There should have been people there to kind of support and help him. I mean, how sort of true and accurate the stories are of his mental health, I don't know. But, you know, it does make you think, could he have, with more support around him, could he have actually been a better player for us? Mm, it does beg the question. Mm. It does beg the question. Okay, final question for round three. After retiring from football, Bogers works for his hometown Daldrecht. In what role? A manager, a scout, or a technical director? Um... I don't know the answer, so I'm going to have to try and um, try and guess. Was it scout, the technical director and manager? Yep. Um, if it was a scout, I don't think he'd know that because that would be quite unique information to know that he was a scout. I can't remember the team he said now. Um, so I don't think you would have heard of that if that's the case. I mean, obviously you're reading this from somewhere, but, uh, mm. but, I, don't, but I don't think that sort of information would have been published because it's so, like, you know, people work for scouts for clubs all the time and it doesn't get documented. So I'm going to rule that out. Technical director sounds like, almost like, too important a role for a team I've never heard of. It's almost like you don't get those sorts of positions. I'm assuming they're... I don't, know, I, would, I don't know if they're in the top division in Holland. I'm assuming they're not. But it seems almost like a position that you wouldn't have a team of that stature. So I'm going to say he was like a, a manager or something like that. Okay, so your final answer is manager. Yeah, or assistant manager, but in that kind of form, being assistant manager, so manager, yeah. I can tell you the answer is technical director. Uh, so, we now move on to the final round, round four, which is general, okay? Right. So, are you ready for the fourth and final round? You're, yeah. still, you're still doing well, to be fair. You, yeah. I know, I know you're very good at quizzes, but considering these types of quizzes are a lot of guesswork, I, I think mm-hmm. the points tally so far is very impressive, I have to say. So, let's see how you finish up at the end of this final round, okay? Mm-hmm. So, first question. We've all heard the stadium announcement about the famous Mr. Moon at Upton Park. But specifically, what was it a coded message for? 
Hi, Andrew. So it's like if when the alarms are going off um, somewhere and they need staff to go and turn them off or, or go and have a look at what's going on, so it's doing that. So like it means when they say Mr Moon's entered the building, it means the alarm's going off and then when he left the building, it's all been sorted. Very good, mate. Very good. Absolutely spot on. He's off the mark early doors in round four. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Question two. Slaven Bilic has a degree in which subject? I think I know this, but are you going to do options? No. I think I know it, but to get it exactly precise, because you know some people do like French with German or like, you know, business with law or something like that. It's going to be difficult, but I want to say, I want to say it's something to do with being able to speak lots of languages. Um, but it's a high brow degree. It's not like, should I better not say that because there's people listening that have got degrees in this. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not like those degrees you just do because you just want to go to uni for a piss up. It's actually, it's, it's like means you're clever, like physics or something like that. I'm pretty sure I know this. So when you said this, part of me wants to say economics with law or law with economics or law with something else. But I'm pretty sure there's law in it in, in some form. Well, I am going to accept that as a correct answer because the only answer that I saw kind of lacked some specifics over it. It just said law degree. Oh, okay. Good. So I, I will give then. you that. Yeah, I'll Good. give you that. I, I thought it was law with economic, or economics of law, but do the scale that then. Good. Okay, good stuff. Right, 100% record so far, mate. Yeah. Oh God, this would be good. I can equal the Sullivan. What, oh no, sorry, I was thinking about village. Sorry, it's, it's general. So, let down. <laughs> okay, right. Question three. Paolo Di Canio has several tattoos, including the Latin word dukes on his right bicep. But what does dukes mean? Does it mean general, soldier, or leader? Oh, that's annoying. Because I knew it was something like a soldier or a leader, a general. <laughs> so I was hoping you'd say like cat, dog, or leader. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> but, the, but the, those options haven't really narrowed it down. Sadly, um, it's uh, yeah, it's difficult. My my Italian relatives are going to be annoyed. This is where they would say it'd be useful if you learned some Italian. Ever. <laughs> 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 Uh, I think it's related to his political beliefs. Right, I'm going to try and be clever about this. His political beliefs are a little bit, some would say, fascist, fascist, uh, right wing. Right now, uh, from knowledge and knowledge of and very much in A level history in the time of the Second World War, the leader was Mussolini, who was a fascist, um, and he had a name, he had a name. Like it, it was like a nickname, like all sort of Italian people do um, in those positions. And if you read them to me again, I reckon I might be able to work it out. Read the names to me again. The options, you mean the answers? Yeah, yeah. Okay, general, soldier, or leader. Now, with a fascist government, <laughs> this is trying to be, make myself sound as clever as I can. Now. <laughs> Bearing in mind, this is not geography, so it's not my home forte. Although I did do a history level <laughs> with with um. 
with a fascist government like you know Hitler, the Nazis, Stalin, uh, I think was one, um, and uh, people like that. It means that you have almost like soul control, like you're like you're the you're the leader, and there's and there's no one there's no one else to sort of share the power with uh, as such. So you are the the ultimate, and everyone has to listen to you. So going with those names again, I'm sure you said leader, but go with the other two. General was one, wasn't it? Which I don't think's powerful enough. And what was the other one? Soldier. Yeah, which is even less powerful. So I'm going to go with leader. Very, very impressive, mate. Boom. Very impressive. That not is the correct answer. Not just an anonymously pretty face. Incredible, no. mate. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very impressed, mate. Very impressed. So you have got three out of three in the final round. You could really go out in style here, mate. You've got two more questions left. I'm finding mate. these easier, though, because these are actually like... Like a, like a, I don't know, a proper answer as such, like with the money with Mark Noble and the, yeah. and the, yeah. and the Bills and stuff like that. I really was guesswork. Whereas now that required a history knowledge or yes. a, a knowledge of sort of dictatorships. And that's the word I was looking for earlier dictatorships and, uh, and fascist governments and stuff, yeah. which is as weird as it sounds. I have a little bit of the knowledge on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 100%. These questions like this are ones you can apply logic to as opposed yeah. to relying on guesswork. So, no, I think that's a fair comment. Okay, the penultimate question of the round and the quiz. On May 1996, before the game against Middlesbrough at Upton Park, West Ham entered the Guinness Book of Records for what reason? I know it. I was... I was there as well. Yeah, I was there. There are options. I can tell you about options anyway, but are you going to do options just to sort of confirm my answer? Uh, No, I'm not. Okay. It's uh, the most bubbles blown at a a venue. And I can remember it so clearly. It's underneath the sink. I can't believe that's 1996. Yeah. Incredible. Unless I've got the wrong answer. Let me just, before I go into this further, is that the right answer? Yes, you okay, are correct. So I remember coming to the ground and underneath your seat, a bit, a bit of a build-up to it, but underneath your seat, there was like a, a pot of bubbles and stuff. And I remember like literally, and I think it might be Jeremy Nichols, the old you know, PR, PA man, and yeah. he like, it was literally like, oh, is it five minutes for kicking or whatever? It was like, like everyone opening your bubbles and blow. And I literally just like, everyone just blowing bubbles <laughs> on, on, in mass. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I remember and the, the, the next week in a program or the website or whatever there was a big article on how we were down to Gisbrook and Records as far as I know and it'd be interesting to have a look as far as I know that record still stands yeah I think, I I mean, think the, you're absolutely right we could mm. double it now if we did it in the Olympic Stadium obviously the capacity is much bigger so yeah. why not go and double it there you go something for West Ham to, to look into well that's totally. no, to be so, fair, we probably wouldn't want to give away 50,000 bottles of bubbles. It <laughs> probably cost £50,000 if you gave a quid each a bottle. So, yeah, uh, I can't uh, see him doing that, can you? No, because they moaned about playing the fees to go to Everton <laughs> in the car. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's sent their finances to that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you are absolutely right. It is for the most amount of bubbles blown at one time. And uh, mm. apparently 23,680 people blew bubbles for one minute. And me and you were two of them. Yeah, my dad as well. So that's, yeah. that's free of that crowd. Perfect. Okay, right. I don't want to put you in under any unnecessary pressure at this stage, but this is the final question of the round. And if you get this right, then this will be 100% for the need round. It. I need it. I can't have some of them as the only 100% round. Okay. I can't. 
the, need the, this. The good news is, now nah, should, should I? No, nah, no. Nah. I was potentially going to say something there that might have given you a bit of a helping hand. Well, so with, with this bit. one, well, well, with this, with I'm not going to say it, but with this question, you either know it instantly. Or there's a potential curveball, but I feel like I'm saying too much. Right, let me ask a question. Final question. Who holds the record for being our oldest ever player? They actually got on the pitch. Yes. Because that would rule out Peter Shilton then, because I would have thought he was probably up there. Oh, that's tough. That's got to be between Billy Bonds and Teddy Sheringham. I would have thought. Oh, it's a big question, mate. It's a big it question. It's a massive, it's a massive um, question, a big question because I want to get 100% on this. Mm. I think Teddy Sheringham is the oldest ever goal scorer. I mean, I can pretty quite confidently say that. Um, Trying to think if there's been any other goalkeepers, because obviously, um, stereotypically, they are the um, uh, the oldest players to, to play. Um, I'm so torn. Oh, you got Stuart Pierce as well, haven't you? Oh, oh mate, this is so annoying. So I don't want to get it wrong. What was it you were going to say? That was it. I did say it. I did say it. What? What did you say? I said um, you would even know it instantly or there could potentially be a curveball in your mind. I'm not actually sure if that's helped, to be honest. But um, No, because the thing is... <laughs> look, I'll tell you this much. You have said his name. Yeah, it's... I'm going through, I want to get this right. I'm sorry to the listener, this is boring, but this is my competitiveness. I'm so determined (laughs) to get this right because I want to get 100%. So I'm going through old people in my head that have played for West Ham. So recent ones I can think of, obviously Teddy Sheringham, I can think of UC, Yaskalina, and Wazol when he played for us. Um, Les Seeley, Peter Shilton, but I don't think... Certainly Peter Shilton didn't, obviously let's see he did, but I don't think he was quite that old. I think he might have even died when he was 40 or something, so I don't know if he would have been that old. Uh, sadly, I love Les Seeley's top top bloke. Um, mm. my, my gut is saying Billy Bonds. I mean, I, I think like Billy Bonds was like 41, 42. And I'm thinking like Sheringham was about 40. Going to have to push you for an answer. I know, mate. I know, I know. Oh, I'm literally, I'm literally 50 50. I'm going to regret it if I get it wrong. I think I think I know it, and I'm almost trying to analyse it too much. I'm pretty sure it's Billy Bonds. I'm pretty sure Teddy Shane was the top scorer. Uh, so, sorry, oldest scorer. And I'm pretty sure that Billy Bonds is, I mean, Teddy Shane would be the oldest Premier League player. So to distinguish between the two, because Billy Bonds wouldn't have played in the Premier League. So there is that. So did you say oldest Premier League player, or did you say oldest ever player? Oldest ever player. Okay. So by not saying Premier League, I think that's kind of slightly helps me now. I'm going to go with Billy Bonds. Oh, it's a big moment, mate. I know, I'm dreading it. I'm actually dreading being wrong on this. 
I feel sick for you, to be honest. <laughs> I feel sick, honestly. You know my like, competitiveness. I actually do feel slightly sick. Mm. Yeah, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been quite a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, one name that you did mention was UC Askelainen. Oh, no. Really? And he, and he was the third oldest player oh, okay. we've yeah. ever had. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did mention Teddy Sheringham, and this was the curveball that I was worried about. And he's the second oldest. Oh, yes. It's got to be then. Which means that Sir Billy Bonds yes. is the oldest ever oh, player. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> well done, Billy. You yes. saved me from disgrace of getting full marks on David Sullivan and nothing else. Well, what? do you know what? Who would have known that when he stepped onto the pitch at Southampton away in 1988, when he was 41 years and 226 days old, that he would be doing you a favour for a hundred percent record in round four of this week. <laughs> how, how much older? Are those? If you have the stats to hand, how much older was he than Teddy Sheringham? How old? How old was Teddy? Uh, I do know actually because oh, I thought that we would discuss it. Teddy was forty years and nine months. And what was Billy? Forty-one and how many months? Uh, and two hundred and twenty-six days. Well, that's about three quarters of a year older. Yeah, uh, interesting. Joe uh, with Yastelinen. This is how like. Old I am now. I think Yaskalainen was the last player to play for West Ham that was older than me. Oh, wow. Is that right? Uh, yeah. How depressing a stat is that? That is quite I depressing. It, I, think it? He, yeah, I think he was the last player to be older than me playing for West Ham. Well, I've got to say, X, the results are in. And I know I've said this a few times, but I, I think it's only right that I say it again. This quiz you know, relied quite heavily on luck at times. So mm. for that reason, I didn't expect you to do as well as you did. Mm. And I can tell you how well you did. Out of 20, you scored 16. It's okay, I'll take that's that. That's very respectable. Yeah, yeah. Very I'll respectable. take that. That's 80%. Is it? Very good, uh, mate. Okay, it might be Christmas, but is it the season to be jolly? It's time to find out. Okay, mate, what have you got for us? Well, I think I need to do a re-corrected shout-out. I think I used to credit Peter Glass with doing the uh, um, load uh, reviews for me, but it's actually a guy called Peter Finch, so I apologise to um, Peter Finch. Peter Glass kindly pointed that out to me today, so uh, <laughs> sorry for the, the miscrediting, uh, Peter Finch. Thank you. Um, so load reviews um, of players, how they're getting on, Midu, Odubeku at Huddersfield, same old, didn't make the squad for the Huddersfield's 3-2 win over Bristol City, needs to get this deal terminated as soon as we can in January. It's absolutely pointless that he's going there and not being on the bench. Connor Coventry wasn't on the bench either for Peter Brubba. He um, he's uh, not he wasn't match fit, so that wasn't that wasn't selection. That was sorry, that wasn't um, yeah tactical. That was um, that he wasn't available, but hopefully he'll be. Um, available um, in a little while. Um, but again, I still think he, they need to terminate his loan as well, get Coventry and Odebeku back, even keep them at the club while we've got this real loads of fixtures piling up um, and then see where they go in the season or 
especially Connor. I think we could redo Connor um, or um, we could do it with Becky, to be fair, because we've only got Antonio. Um, so, yeah, I think just get them both back as soon as possible. Frederick Alves uh, was an unused sub for Sunderland away at Ipswich. Again, might as well take him back, um, although we might get to see him play for Sunderland against Arsenal in the um, Cup quarterfinals if they go ahead. Um on Tuesday Nathan Holland didn't make the squad for Oxford either but it does look like he might be injured or possibly rested Oxford lost 3-2 they've been doing really well for Oxford so I can't imagine that was tactical League 2 Joseph Benang, um goalkeeper has lost his place again he's on the bench for Stevenage and they are pretty much bottom of the league and then Nathan Trott in, on loan in France um, he's an unused sub in his team's game um, but, they, but it was um, they, they think he was rested because it was a cup game because he's played every other league game so the loans aren't really working out too well I think you know maybe Trotz and Nathan Hollands you can say have been useful um, but the others seem to be a bit of a bit of a disaster and a waste of time personally mm. so that's the mm situation there so I have some good news um, so we'll do that in line with the festive upbeat show today that I think both Glenn Johnson sorry Glenn Johnson Ben Johnson <laughs> Ben Johnson and Kurt Zuma um, are both ahead of schedule in their rehabilitation from injury to the point where I think that Johnson might even be available for the Spurs game. Which really? Could be, yeah, massively ahead. It's touch and go, touch and go, but that he might be available for the Spurs game. If well, wow. I know, you see, I mean, he was, his schedule was two to four weeks. So if you look at it from the positive side, it is roughly two weeks, but I think he is ahead of schedule. And there was talk that he could be involved against Spurs, um, but obviously we've got a lot of games coming in a short period of time. So, you know, you say he could be back for the next game but it could be the free after that but that's only a space of like six days if you see what I mean but he is way ahead of schedule uh, and uh, it was actually was actual talk that he was going to be selected against Spurs so watch this space we shall see but he's certainly if he isn't he's not far off being ready for the first team which is really good, good. especially um, with the run of games we've got uh, Zuma is ahead of schedule as well um, I mean he's not available for selection but obviously his injury was um was a longer term one. I mean, he, uh, I don't want to put a, a date on it, but he, he's, they've decided with Zuma, they have the option, they have the option of doing his, doing an operation on his knee or letting him recover um, naturally from it. And they, they, aided, they sided, sorry, with letting it be a natural recovery, which um, there's no necessarily right or wrong answer. Certain injuries definitely need surgery. Certain injuries definitely don't. Some respond better um, to surgery and to others don't it's hard to say but in this case they've opted with a natural recovery and hopefully it seems to be the right one because apparently he is ahead of schedule I mean obviously he's still going to be out for I would say maybe another month at least but um, certainly not looking like the whole season which was what was first feared when he when he did the injury which is good news also is good news is that 
Aaron Cresswell should be available, should be available for Spurs as well. Again, I'm not promising this. I'm not promising him and Johnson should, um, are available because I don't know the team. So I can't say for certain. And with life, there is um, until it's confirmed, even when it is confirmed with COVID and things like that, it's never 100% guaranteed until they're standing on the pitch. And some people don't seem to understand that. They think something you say four days ago has to stay the same. Otherwise, you're a fraud. In this case, I can't say for certain that they're available for Tottenham let's certainly hope that Johnson and Cresswell be available which gives our defence a whole more solid look I would say um, and Fredericks is not far off first team football either so he could be around as well which is really good news the only other thing that's um, needs to be taken into account with injuries and it's not even an injury as such as Ben Rama in the African Nations Cup he's due to go to, um, to that on January the 9th now if they decide to cancel um, fixtures, which obviously they did with Norwich. I mean, apparently Norwich only had three members of staff that had COVID, as opposed to someone like Leeds or other sides that have got apparently a lot more. So I really don't know how they're making the decision as to what games they cancel and as to what games they don't. It seems to be a very, very inconsistent. And a lot of people did ask that question in, in the question section. And I don't know the answer. So it'd be wrong for me to guess. I don't know what criteria it is, but it seems to be random anyway. But they um uh that game was cancelled on that, but um uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember the point I was saying. Now, oh, yeah, Ben Rama, if the games get cancelled and put more back, you know, into say January, he's not going to be there for them. So he's already missing for five, six games. If some of the games get reskinned for January, it'd be even more that he misses. But I guess that is the same for other teams that have got African nations players. I mean, Liverpool are due to lose um, Salah and Mane. You know, that's the, their two star players. So it obviously affects all teams um, that have African players, but still, he is due to miss quite a few games through that. But good news that Johnson, Cresswell, and Frederick certainly should be available soon, um, if not for the Spurs game. And um, Zoom is ahead of schedule. Uh, in terms of Lingard um, talks, will and I've said it numerous times. I was repeating myself really, but um, will be uh, happening early on. But there is the fear that Newcastle are going to come in and just offer him ridiculous money, and there is also the fear that he might just stick the six months of his contract and then wait until the summer and then just see what options are available to him. But West Ham are going to move for him because that's who Moyes wants. Uh, that's a proven player that can deliver the goods for us. Um, but there's a lot of competition for him at the moment, so it's hard to predict how that one will shape out. They've, they've got to resolve a couple of issues uh, between Lingard and the club as well. So they'll hopefully sort those out and then hopefully try to, to sign him. There has been talk that we could move for Delhi Alley, who apparently has been released, uh, well, not released, but been told by Spurs that he can go in January. Now, whilst I can imagine that's the sort of player, if we don't get Lingard, we might look at um, in terms of ability and style and I would imagine it's unlikely he's on a big wage he plays for Tottenham who we don't really deal transfers with there's a, there's off the field issues with him as well without saying too much but I'm not sure we'd want to bring that um, that into the environment that, um, that we have also would Tottenham allow him to go to us but bearing in mind you know, league position wise and stuff we are arrival to them now um, so I'm not too sure again I think if he's going to go anywhere it's going to be Newcastle and I think Newcastle are going to be a real 
threat to us in coming in this window in coming windows because obviously in terms of the players that they're going to be targeting they're going to be targeting probably not going to be able to get them from the very top clubs they're going to be targeting that next tier which is the sort of players that West Ham are looking at so you know financially we're never going to be able to compete with with them Um, so annoyingly we'll see what Newcastle do Um, in terms of centre-backs I've mentioned these three centre-backs before I've been saying it for months, Ake, uh, Tchaikovsky and Phillips appear to be the main three targets with Tchaikovsky and Phillips the more likely out of them because Ake has played for Man City, he's very highly rated, again I think Newcastle will be in for him if, um, if he's available so I think the attention is going to go more towards Phillips and Tchaikovsky, both you could argue a case for, um, both obviously English, homegrown players. Um, Phillips is younger, 24. Tarkovsky's more experienced, England international. um, Tarkovsky's contract's up at the end of the season, which makes him cheaper. You know, we bid 30 million for him last summer, I think. Um, This summer, or now, we'd be able to get him for a lot less. Phillips, they're talking about 15 million, which given his age, isn't actually a bad price. Um, And again, he's got experience of playing at the very top for Liverpool, played very well for Liverpool against West Ham in lockdown. Um, So they appear to be the two main targets for centre-back position. Um, So that would be interesting to keep keep the eye on. Um, In terms of um, another centre-back, there's a guy called Sven Boatman, again, he's someone I've linked us to in the past. He plays for Lille, um, which is where Jose Fonte still plays at the grand old age of about 37, 38. <laughs> so won, won the league last year, so they actually um, beat Paris Saint-Germain to the title. Uh, he's only 21, this centre-back, very highly rated. Apparently we've had a little inquiry for him as well because most teams in the French league, which is why last week on the show I highlighted the fact that we're looking a lot at French football Forwards, um, a lot of the French teams are not in the best financial position, and historically, French-based players adapt to the English league um, very well. So, um, so there's a market that the, the club as a whole likes. Um, and speaking of Lille, um, it broke in the last couple of days that we're interested in their Canadian forward, Jonathan David. Now, again, if you remember last week on the show, I said we were linked with French-based forwards. He was the first name that was given to me alongside Bio, um, who plays for Clem and Foot and Javi Diallo, who plays for Strasbourg, and a guy called Hugo Etik. It's a TK who plays for Rems, and there's a couple of others as well. Jonathan David's name was given to me. But last week, when I was looking at all the names, I, I think I said him when I mentioned the possible ones. Um, I can't remember, but if I didn't, I kind of dismissed that transfer myself because whilst no doubt West Ham would be interested in him, I mean, he's the top scorer in the French League. He's 21. He looks rapid. He looks like a great goal scorer. Scored goals at international level as well. Um, and Canada, actually, I think they might have been the best team in the um America's qualifiers in the northern and uh, central section. You know, I think they did better than USA. They've got a lot of 
and Bergin players. Canada is a, a left back uh, by Munich. Davis, I think his name is. Um, they've got a midfielder. I think I know his name now, but who's meant to be really good. Um, and then obviously they've got this forward. So Canada could be at the best they've ever been, I would say, since we've been alive, definitely in football. But he is someone that we have looked at, someone that we are interested in. But the problem is, apparently, Barcelona, and yes, everyone's saying they haven't got the finances they used to have, but they're still Barcelona, Real Madrid. People have said, again, they haven't got the finances, but they're Real Madrid. Um, you know, Mbappe is meant to be leaving um, PSG to go to Real Madrid at the end of the season. You know, that could be, he could go to PSG as a replacement, and Liverpool have looked at him, Arsenal have looked at him. So, it wouldn't surprise me if we did try and make a move for him, but whether we'll get him or not, I don't know. And the, and the value of the player, I mean, at the moment, they're talking 45 million. If these big clubs that I've mentioned are interested in him, you know, you could get a bidding more, you know, 60, 65, 70 maybe for him. So I'm trying to take that chance with a pinch of salt. So yeah, <coughs> it has broke in other places after what I said last week and people jumping on the bandwagon and getting very excited and again because it's news they want to hear people will then start to believe people that don't have much credibility because it's what they want to hear happens every single window so if you want the facts I would say the facts at the moment are unlikely that we'd sign him yes to be interested why wouldn't we he was a name that was given to me before it was broken and I can prove that by listening back to last week's show however I would be very sceptical if we managed to pull that off. If we did pull it off, that would have to be a massive credit to the new recruitment team and the board and, and all this GSB out stuff would have to seriously maybe consider their stance because that would be a huge signing in terms of potential if we could pull that off. Um, I would say we're more likely to sign, as I've mentioned before, um, Klosnika, um, Sparta Prague. I would say that he's 19. Or Sikrasinski's covered club I would say that's more likely you know Rigi at Liverpool again he's someone we're interested in or have been interested in the past we're interested in the summer but David Moyes turned him down it was David Moyes that he was presented with Rigi Rigi's been kind of on our radar for three four years maybe now and um and Moyes turned him down, said if he was the right player for us, he may have changed his stance on that. And Moyes is known to reevaluate things. And obviously, I think he's impressed this season at Liverpool. So we could make a move for, for him as well. As I've said on the show, I would say that those two are probably more likely than David at the moment. Um, but uh, you know, time, time will tell. Um, in terms of uh, Krasinski, I mean, as mentioned on um, current Hugh, I think today um, or yesterday, but he has um, he has uh, found it hard being the chairman because he's not been able to get over to the country. That's why there hasn't been any sort of you know, staged publicity of meetings. Um, with him and the, and the board um, because he's not been able to go over here because of COVID and he doesn't want to get stranded in this country and so on. Um, so unfortunately, they haven't been able to have as many board meetings as they would have liked in terms of being in person. Soon, Moyes and Newman, um, in the next week or so, will present their final um choices of who they want to be um, the main focus targets. Um, and then obviously it'll be up to... Uh, 
the, them to back Newman with the right finances. But it does look like that they are prepared to invest. It does look like they are prepared to invest in centre-backs and a forward and possibly Lingard. So it's exciting times. As I said, the French League has been targeted. There are a couple of other leagues that have as well. There are players on the radar as per with West Ham. They have a short list and then they narrow that short list down and they compare options. You know, at the moment, I couldn't tell you if Phillips or Tchaikovsky was ahead of each other, but what they'll do is they'll inquire for both of them and they'll be told, right, Phillips is... You know, 15 million or whatever, Tchaikovsky's 8 million. And I'm just, I'm just plucking figures here. And then they'd have to go away and compare which deal and obviously the wages and the agent's fees and so on. They'd go away, they'd weigh up what is the better deal out of those two? Um, what makes the best value? What makes the best long-term potential? And then they'll make their decision. So they're kind of at that, sort of coming up to that stage. Now, um, a few people have done the whole um, you won't know what they're doing because they're very secretive about things like because they're not getting their information fed to them um, and it's a good way of covering covering yourself if you say that that's happened in, in truth Moyes does um, keep it more secretive shall we say than past managers you know there was one manager I won't name them but one manager who's uh, someone very close to them whenever they spoke to someone would message me and tell them obviously that doesn't happen with Moyes now but the, the, the thing is there's still so many people that information comes from and information will always be there because there's always agents involved there's always people at training grounds there's always people at training grounds at the other clubs there's always friends and relatives and associates of players that you would get this information from so whilst it might not come directly from the horse's mouth the information if you have the right network can be obtained and the other thing people say against the window is that why would you leak all all that news to um uh, uh, to help other clubs know you know what players we're after and you know change the values of players if they know that West Ham are in for them and so if that information is honestly out there if I can do it then professional multi-billion clubs can do the same as well. They will already know. You know, I'd like to think I am good, but these clubs will have their ways of knowing because the agents, the agents don't allow a transfer to happen without telling a load of other similar clubs that are looking for a player in the same position that it's happening because the agent's job, and I'm beginning to get first, a lot more, as you know, recently, a lot more experience of this now. Um, agents will say, right, you know this track is available I know that West Ham are looking for a striker I know Newcastle are I know whoever Southampton Arsenal Liverpool are looking for a striker so I'm going to tell them that West Ham have bid 15 million you know that you can't stop that information so the people that have those opinions on how football should be done and Data dusted, you know, sadly, and I wish it was the case, but sadly, we're not in the 1980s or anymore. You know, football has moved on. We've got the internet, we've got mobile phones, we've got agents. You know, it's not like it was back in the day. I was speaking to Martin Allen, he's just never had an agent in his life. You know, so if the transfer was happening, it was very quiet. It was only the club, the manager, and the player would know about it. And then there'd be no other mediums for that. Used to get out now we live in the year 2021 almost 2022 
transfers are different to how they used to be and you know bless people that wanted to be like it did we read it on teletext i used to love those days but sadly those days have moved on like lots of things in football Wow. Okay, mate. A comprehensive roundup. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, people that hate my voice. Just be like, oh my God, just shut up. <laughs> uh, you want the news, skip it if you don't like it. <laughs> Mic drop from Xer at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I've got one last thing to say. I forgot. Like We were talking about... Um, you were going to do an impression of, uh, of fans of a club. And I know you didn't want me to say this, but um, I've looked up some famous fans of Tottenham. And I don't know if you're prepared to take any of these on, but um, there's a few there that we could do. I mean, they've got Dale, they've got Chaz and Dale. A Dale? Got, How the fucking yeah. hell am I going to do a Dale? Well, I think I could do a Dale. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me just look up some lyrics. Hold on, as it's a Christmas show. Um, hold on. Let me choose a song I might know the words. So, um, <laughs> Never mind, to. I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you too. Don't forget that we are big. I remember you said sometimes I last in love, but sometimes it hurts instead. Wow, I, t- I could literally feel the emotion. Mate, in your I've voice here, I've got a tear. It was like Mate, it was, you was living something, I don't know, at times tragic in your life, and it that was, was just coming out in your performance there. That was incredible. Maybe I should have done Chaz and Dave. That would say, let me load up another song. This might be a bit, more, a bit better impression. I don't want to do Snooker Loop. But that's too boring. What else? Let me sing Christmas. I love Chaz and Dave. Absolutely Cyborg brilliant. song, that's a good song. Yeah, good that's a good song. one. You've got to be very quick on that one, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can. If I'm under pressure. Why am I doing the impression? Do you want to, you want the man? Um, <laughs> so a I'll give you a little verse. I'll give you a verse. Okay, hold on. Mother phoned me up last night. She was going to spare. She was a temper. Pretty out there. The sister's calling her. Scrapping if he said, Father, don't give her monkeys. And this is what he said. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Who comes around here? Not my beer in the cycle here. Then I'm going to sort it out. If he comes around here, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, you've done that very well, mate, actually, to be Thank fair. That, that, that's a difficult song to sing now because you've got to sing it so quick. I'm impressed. Yeah, thanks, mate. You know, this is an this is industry I'm thinking about breaking into you know, another one um, in, in the near future. So hopefully, hopefully with the right song choice, you never know. I mean, I didn't know I was going to do that. To be fair, you know, I'm hoping that you do the impressions, but, um, <laughs> but you don't appear to want to do that. Or Glenn Hoddle, I guess, he's probably in Tottenham for Alan Sugar, you know. You're fired, can't be too hard to do. Yeah, do you know what, mate? It's not that. It's just like, I don't know. You can't just do impressions of anyone. That's that's the thing I think you're struggling to understand. No, but I think, no, but I think with the talent that you've got, you, you should be able to. I offered you Arsenal ones. I told you Steve Bin Laden. He's dead. You know, you can't have to say anything. <laughs> there you go. I'll take that one, then. Yeah. Like Piers Morgan. I'm going to do this every week to you. No, one. fucking <laughs> I think I think Southampton's going to be a little bit tricky because off the top of my head, there's some of the Southampton famous fans. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. Craig Davies. One is the I think? Craig Davies. Um, I don't, I don't think there's uh, many that I can think of. The famous Southampton oh, thank fans. Thank fuck for that. Man in the know, each you win from Tom Rain or Snow. He's a 
Welcome back to the final part of this Christmas show where you've all been good enough to send your questions in. And as always, X has picked some out to read. I'm still in shock, mate. Like I started just sung to our audience, sung it down. <laughs> Interesting song choice. I'm yeah, not I never thought I'd do that. And then to Chaz, Chaz Day. I can't believe there's, there's been many entertainers <laughs> that made that, 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 that jumping song. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just shows your... Um, uh, versatility, yeah. yeah. Shows your versatility as a performer, and you, you, you've you just got to credit you with that, you know. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I think so. So it was sung so sweetly, but um, yeah. yeah, I wish, yeah, I wish I wasn't an audience. <laughs> if, I was, <laughs> if I was in the shower, that would sound better. Um, so and this is from Scott Wood, and he said, Hi, gents, another interesting extra time interview of Adam Newton. Great work. Surprisingly, on that, I don't think many people seem to commented on that which I was surprised about because I thought it was a great interview as well mm. really interesting player but it didn't seem to get the interaction that most of our interviews do so if you're having an R and thinking oh, I don't really know much about this guy he played with Carrick and Cohen and Canio sometimes they're the better people to interview because they're the ones that have sat back and had the stories and stuff mm. Um, mm. how are you planning to celebrate your pending birthdays and what would your perfect present be many happy returns and Merry Christmas to you and your families Oh, likewise, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, well, I mean, for me personally, it's like I said to you earlier on in the show, X, you know, I think as soon as you have kids, your birthday on Christmas Eve then just literally becomes a write-off past lunchtime, I'd say. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't actually know. So I need a half birthday, mate. Yeah. Do you know Best what? I'm, I'm starting to come round at that idea. Now. I thought it was ludicrous at you first. But... It. It. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go, you know, six months back, maybe a few days, maybe. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's not a half birthday. No, so I, that's what I mean. I, my brain still can't really compute the concept of a of a half year birthday. I think maybe a few days before your birthday, I mm. might look at something like that. Uh, fairness, I'm happy. I forgot to tell you. I should probably do this off air, but we're having a drop-in party where friends can turn up on the second of January at any time they fancy. Just come in for a few uh, beverages. What, what's the address? Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you imagine that. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, see you are welcome. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Second of Jan, is that? Uh, it is, yeah. Right, okay, mate. I don't know why you're saying that as if you're going to write it down. Remember, <laughs> I'll just text. I'll just text your wife later. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you know me too well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, as long as short of it is, um, nothing. I don't think it's a boring answer. But I don't. I, I think it's just all in because of the kids. I think it's just all in preparation to create excitement for them and then prepare for. Christmas Day so uh, not a lot to be honest and in terms of perfect present oh god I, I really don't know I really don't know um this is your chance for another plug well, see, I was going to go for a, I was going to go for a box at West Ham, but yeah. you make me sound greedy now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy with the ball trip. Yeah, you want a box at West Ham? Like, How hairy are you? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, mate? Um, well, no, but I agree. A box of West Ham would be great, an ideal present. But um, for me, in terms of what we're doing in the day, we were meant to be going to um, UK Lapland before, and then one of my kids had COVID, and unfortunately, got cancelled. So, kindly, randomly, whilst doing something for Ina, um, a shout out to him. Actually, a guy called Ollie Evans, he got in contact with me. I think, I'm not sure his role in the UK Lapland, but he's involved 
quite high up there, I think. He, um, he got in contact with an offer, an experience for Ira to go there, bless her. Um, and oh, wow. please donate as much as you can for her. Um, wanted to organise it for her and got in contact through me and wanted to get contact details for the parents. So I did that. We sorted it out. And as far as I know, I was going to have an amazing day there. Anyway, we were meant, we were meant to go a few days ago, um, but we couldn't because, um, like I say, children had COVID. So I um, just literally dropped it at the end of it, whether there was a chance that we could move it. And he very helpfully helped us out. But it's something going on Christmas Eve now. Um, so that would be quite nice. I mean, as I say, completely destroys the fact that it's my birthday. But, uh, <laughs> but still, at least I'll just forget my age again. But uh, yeah, no, so we're going to be doing that. As I say, morning will just be like, I might ask for a lion. I might ask for a bacon sandwich. That's about <laughs> as good as it gets, probably. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's as a presence, like it's difficult when you get to this age, isn't it? Because unless you say something ridiculous like a Ferrari or you know a, a holiday to wherever, then um, you know there's not much that I, that I necessarily directly want or need. Um, I asked for Chris Skull and Sid uh, Lambert, who's writing our book with us. I asked for their books, so a little shout out for them. It's about nineties football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked for a PlayStation game. I can't, I'm just a random one because I can't choose what um, I want now. I've got the ones that I want, so it's totally surprised me. Um, and I think that's about it, really. Um, what I would like without means it could be deep, but the ideal present, the ideal present I'd give to anyone for 2022, but um, is good health for my family and those that have been affected by um, it very badly in the last few years in my family shall we say still are good health for them and just this whole um covid stuff to just go away now i'm so sick to death of it like um yeah but that's like that's getting deep isn't it i don't think the intention of that question was to be deep so well, i feel <laughs> bad for saying a west ham box now. <laughs> no i don't take it i mean i would love a west ham box as well so. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's a good answer mate yeah you're absolutely right Health and happiness are the most important things in life. So, uh, no, I do echo that, mate, 100%. <clears throat> so, um, right, uh, this is um, from Jefferson Keeble. Um, how do we stop the melodramatic meltdowns on Twitter? It actually makes me so mad the amount of abuse our players get. Team is clearly fatigued. Yeah, we have one slightly off performance and players are called out for being awful. Our recent fixtures have been very difficult and I think they should be considered... Keep up the great work and wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Well, interestingly, I watched a documentary, or should I say I probably watched half to three quarters of it because I missed the first 15 minutes of it. Uh, and it was David Baddiel on social media. Did you see it? Oh, I actually saw he was doing that. I meant to watch it. But yeah, it's really good and really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And uh, it basically sort of focuses on your mental health when you're using social media, what it's doing to you, how social media platforms can manipulate certain behaviours in you and and how you would feel once you put the phone down. It covers the the whole spectrum of your experience on social media. And it's really, really uh, fascinating. And one thing that they touched on was trolls. And um, they said that it's it's almost like a, a tribal mentality on social media. And what he said was, and I thought this was really interesting, he said that when somebody wants attention, 
and this is like a scientific fact, apparently, when they've when I've spent time looking into this, when someone wants attention and they're part of this tribe, um, the best way to be noticed is to shout the loudest. Mm-hmm. And if you're the equivalent of shouting the loudest is sometimes saying the most extreme things to get noticed, mm-hmm. to stand out from all the other fucking idiots in, in this tribe and inverted commas. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes they can be in competition with themselves and each other to be the loudest, to be the most controversial, to, mm. to, to be the most outspoken, to be the, the nastiest, because that is what gives them the limelight that they crave, because that's ultimately what it comes down to, attention. Mm. So I think these West Ham fans, again, in inverted commas, that almost, almost have a first for players going through a tough time or not performing that well, because they then get to have the limelight on them and, and, and kind of bring that shock factor to Twitter. And I think, I think it's littered with it on social media, to be honest with you. I think it's sad really that we live in a society where we have to, I don't know, we're not happy with ourselves. So we constantly strive to be someone else. Mm. And the only way we can feel accomplished in that respect is to get a load of attention from strangers. And I think it's really sad, really sad state of affairs, but I, I just thought that documentary at the now and ahead really, and it's probably on demand if you uh, if you want to watch it. It's worth a look. But but that's in a in a nutshell. That's why I think um, that's why I think people on social media do it for, mm-hmm. for self gain. I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even believe what they said. No, people definitely have a edgy opinion to stand out. Definitely, there's accounts out there that are famed for it because it gets people to pay attention to what they say. I mean. Funnily, like, I haven't been trolled for a little while, actually, but then this last week I've had a couple, obviously the school holidays are now, now upon us, so that, that's the, uh, the usual time. And I, I actually, and I can always tell that what they are because they're accounts that have like one follower and no follow, and no, they don't follow anyone. And they've started up like literally the month that they're sending the tweet and stuff. And, and I've had a couple of them. This one's probably the same person. I mean, I just think it's so pathetic. So I have to go to the effort of creating a fake email address or whatever, a fake Twitter account, then to go in and then just send something to me and I hope I might react to it and then to get some kind of through off it. It's just so bizarre. And what I've done this week, uh, like actually said, you charge people five pounds for a burger review, you con artist, which uh, actually <laughs> like, <laughs> which, which part of me just thought like, you know, you're trying to troll me, but it actually makes me laugh. That you think that we that that's literally all we do, right? For the month, here's a burger review, nothing else. You know, it's just, like, <laughs> just oh, I mean, it's so yeah. pathetic, really. And I'm so pleased now. I'm at the mindset when I see it, I just block it every time, just block yeah. it, or not even that. Sometimes I just mute it because sometimes I think it's even more effective if you don't even react to it. Sometimes I just want the, the reaction that you've read it. So sometimes I just mute it, I don't see it. And I know I could quite easily go onto forums and read. You know, the crap about me is there. You know, there's some people that have been saying the same thing about me for 10 years. Um, what I find funny as well, how they don't realize how much they contradict themselves. You know, they'll say, oh, um, he's an absolute wanker for leaking all this news and making our business public. And then two posts later, oh, he's a complete fraud. He doesn't get information anymore. You know, which, which is the same person, literally. And you think, well, come on, which one is it? Then at least stick to the plan of what you're going to tell me for and stuff but mm. it's pathetic it's, it's jealousy and it's
it's a void in people's lives, sadly. And, and obviously social media gives people that platform where they almost don't treat it as real. And it isn't real in some ways, um, but that means people react and behave differently. Like even on like Facebook groups, as me, as my personal me, not as X or anything. Now I'm on a few like, I don't know, groups with parents from the school my kids go to or I'm from a group like of the town I live in and stuff and you read some of the things of that you think oh my god you would never say that to someone in public you know but because it's on Facebook or something it almost feels different you know what I mean yeah and I think think because social media is a relatively new thing I mean what 10 years 15 years old now the sort of people haven't their minds haven't completely shifted to it being like you know not not real if that makes sense you know people can lose their jobs and lose their reputations based upon things online um so yeah it's a very strange world but there we go yeah the reactions to certain players suddenly becoming awful overnight it's just ridiculous but mainly i don't know if the people actually believe it or not and also people have agendas so if they've said at one point i don't know dawson was crap three months ago if he has brilliant three months of performing and then as one bad game, they'll go back to the one three months ago and say that I was right. Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's all about it's all about their their image and how they project themselves to other people and how they feel because of it. Yeah. It, it's, it all stems from insecurities. I'm, I'm convinced about yeah. that. It's very bizarre, bizarre world. But anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me half as much as you see there. It's a good thing. Just, uh, Andy Williams, is there any way you can tag the posts? I don't always listen straight after they're put on and often lots of posts before I get to listen to so have to scroll through all the news to find what I want to listen to, i.e. podcasts, news, mad dog bites and stuff. So basically, it's just asking whether we can categorise the posts that we make. I don't know if Patreon offers that facility, does it? No, do you know what? It's a really annoying thing, actually. And considering they've created the platform for creators to create, you would have thought categorising that content would have been a no-brainer, but they haven't done that, which is annoying. Um, Right, so there's two things I'll say. The first thing is that the extra time shows, you can search for them very quickly. So in the top right-hand bar on your Patreon page, you'll see a search bar and you just put in hashtag extra time or hashtag with the surname of the person you want to listen to. If there's a specific show. Um, The other thing I will say is that that is the only show that I tag, I think with the exception of mad dog possibly. So I don't tend to tag these podcasts, which I probably should do to be honest. So moving forward. um, Yeah. I think I'll do that with this show as well. But for now, if you're looking for the interviews, just in the search bar, hashtag extra time or hashtag the surname of the person you want to listen to. Yeah, and I think uh, it would be good to be able to categorise it because obviously we have like match day in the phone and we have like, we have the feature of like, you know, historical hammers. We have lots of different features that all appears on the same page. It would be good if we could like a website have different tabs, but unfortunately mm. there's no big page that has despite the fact they must be making an absolute killing off what they do. I'm yeah. trying to think how much money they're making. The platform itself, I'll be honest, is not the greatest really, is it? No, it's, it's definitely got some flaws. Yeah. Um, and their support team can take longer than required, really, to deal with what an issue is or to come back to you or to be clear on what the issue is. But and the concept's brilliant. And look, at the yeah. end of the day, when we put content on there, it does reach the audience. So if you're talking mm. black and white, a place to create content and a place to view it, it ticks the boxes. 
but yeah. there are a lot of improvements that, that can be made definitely mm. but I'm sure they will improve over time at least I hope they will yeah um, Matt Powell love your podcast what will you have of your Christmas dinner uh, right so I'm going to a pub for my Christmas Day dinner. Oh, that's controversial. Well, yeah, do you know what, right? And we did it last year and it was a godsend because it's the first year I've done it. Always, always eat at home. The only reason I'm doing it is to, to give the wife a break because otherwise she's in the kitchen pretty much most of her Christmas Day. Did you not uh, cook it? No, you're having a fucking laugh. Aren't you? <laughs> no, we'd all be in hospital by Boxing Day. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so it really is just a nice thing for her. It just takes the pressure off and going out. There's no washing up and all that after, is there? So, mm. we've done it for the first time last year. Uh, it's not cheap, but the food is nice. And uh, we're doing it again this year. So, Probably yeah. quite a nice atmosphere, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, everyone's happy and. Um, you know, you always give a nice little tip to the, the waiters as well, waitresses, because obviously they're giving up a chunk of their Christmas day to look after you. So I think it is, yeah, it is a nice atmosphere. And in terms of what I'd eat, it's three courses. I can't remember what I, what I chose for the first one. I chose a creme brulee for dessert, uh, a Bailey's creme brulee, actually. And then for me, main, uh, it's your typical, typical what you'd expect, roast turkey um, and all the trimmings, really. So now I'm looking forward to it. My favourite Christmas style is prawn cocktail. I, I, oh, that's it. That's what I've got. Sorry. Oh, is it? That's go, what yeah. I've, got, I've got prawns and salmon. Okay. I've got prawns, salmon and avocado tower. But the only issue Ooh. is I don't like avocado. So I might, have to, might have to ship that off to someone. Yeah, but I'll have to that level. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, prawn cocktail for me is always dish with bread as well. Butter, bread and butter. Yeah, no, um, no. Then your main bit is obviously turkey, uh, pigs and blanket being the stars of the show. Oh, um, yeah. The, they're the main feature. See, I don't mind Brussels sprouts. You know, I, I, I probably say that I look forward to the Brussels, but I don't mind them and I'll eat them mm. and stuff. The one vegetable that kind of rears its head occasionally at Christmas dinners and stuff, it depends whether, you know, it's traditional for your family or not, that I'm not a big fan of, is parsnips. You know, I think, I think oh. they're an overrated. Oh, see, I think they're underrated. Oh, really? I love parsnips. Honey glazed uh, parsnips. Oh. No, yeah, I'd, ditch, I'd ditch a parsnip for a carrot, a pea, uh, a brussel. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? This is probably the biggest controversy. And I do eat them. So it's not like I don't eat them because I eat most things, but hence the figure. But I, I don't particularly like Yorkshire's. Oh, wow. I know. It's controversial. That is it? controversial. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now that is um, that is interesting. I see some of these places now. They basically create a bowl from a Yorkshire, don't they? Yeah, you have your yeah. inside the Yorkshire. Toby Carver like is famous for that. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I love a Yorkie. That's, that's standard for me. Mm. See, I, I would quite like to sort of have gammon. I like gammon. Yeah. It's not, it's not a tradition, is it? And some of my family do like a, like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a bird, a triple alliance. I think they have like... Turkey is the main one, but before that they have a pheasant or something, and then before that they have something else, partridge maybe. Fucking hell! I know. No, I don't do that, <laughs> but yeah. in the uh, in the ex stately manner. Yeah, exactly. served by James. Shot this morning. Yeah, that's the rich side of the family. But yeah, unfortunately, I was going to say fall into that one. Um, so this is from uh, Loza. What are your views on all the games being called off? Will no doubt mean more free game weeks later in the season, which can't be a good thing for us, but will benefit the big clubs. <clears throat> with the big squads. One thought is, if a team can't field eleven players, they should forfeit the match. Loving all the content. 
Yeah, I know. It, I, I think that's a really difficult question to answer that because really it's luck of the draw and it, it's not something that's self-inflicted. It's not as if, you know, six of your players have gone out in the piss and they're hung over on a match day so they can't play. This is something that, that has been unfortunate for that team to not be able to field. Um, Isn't that like all injuries though? Um, yeah, yeah, you could argue that. You could argue that. That's fair. Um, but then you don't tend to get mass cases of injuries, do you? I mean, I say that we fucking always do it. West Ham, <laughs> yes, we always so have done. But you know my point. Normally, yeah. typically within a football club, you might have one or two or three out. You don't tend to get nine to twelve, do you? In one hit. So, so what I'm saying is, is this an exceptional circumstance? The problem, the problem is that I have with it is that. You, you've got to be set on what the rules are because there's too much variable. Like, for example, like I said earlier, Norwich, I think, had three players that had it and they cancelled their game against us, whereas Leeds apparently had like eight or nine and they didn't. So what is the criteria? The thing is as well, you can argue, you know, if it's three like academy players that weren't going to play anyway, then it doesn't really matter. But if it was like, you know, West Ham, for example, and it was, I know, Declan and um, Antonio and whoever, Suchek or whatever, um, you could argue that the stature of the player, does that make a difference? You know, and you don't want the league title to be decided on which team had the least COVID cases. But then on the flip side, you don't want to be cancelling games the minute one person gets COVID because you'd be forever cancelling them. So it's, it's a real difficult situation to know what the right protocol is to, to make it fair and to continue because the season, like next season, starts earlier than normal because of the World Cup being during the season. So if they then extend this current season, the break between this season and next season is going to be minimal. You know, and I, mm. I just don't know. Let's say they cancel. See, Norwich games be cancelled now. Let's say they cancel Tottenham, Southampton and Watford, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, certainly not the Spurs game. If they cancel those four games, where are you going to fit them in? Especially when we've got Europe and, you know, everything else. Mm. That's just that's just worrying you. Like the person says, you end up playing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, mm. and that will just just screw us. And it will screw like Moyes' philosophy that you do better with a smaller squad because mm. in that circumstance you don't. Mm. And it's it's annoying again. This is just affecting football and, and life and stuff. Mm. Um, it's uh, nice. it's there is um, Matt Lynch. Um, evening, guys. After Ben Rama once again dribbling into trouble and losing the ball for the second goal, I'll ask the same question as I did last week. I've heard many people talk about, about Ben Rama as Hammer of the Year. Even X said he was a contender last week. He's got one goal and one assist in the last 15 league matches. Maybe I'm not seeing something, but all I see is a player whose decision-making is pretty awful. He overhits so much and dribbles into players. What is it I don't see that everyone else does? Wow. Okay, yeah. That's quite a powerful stat there. I didn't realise yeah. that myself, actually. Well, um, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, me saying, you know, he was a contender for having of the year. I'm not basing that on the last month or so. I was basing that on the start of the season. And it can't be denied. Yes, that stat's one in 15 or whatever it was. But prior to that, 
I mean, he must have scored about two or three goals at least, uh, maybe more um, from Euro, and he was assisting as well. So I was talking about the first two or three months, more so than now. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to take that any further. Yeah, I, I, I honestly do believe he's a very good player. I mean, the, the stats don't lie. Yes, I understand that. I don't know what the stats are that shows his involvement with goals. So not the direct assist, but, but you know, how many goals has he actually been involved in? So did he beat three players, then give the ball to the person who then got the assist, for example? I'd like to see those stats. Mm-hmm. Um, but just his general play. I mean, we love an exciting player at West Ham and that's exactly what he is. He's exciting, he's entertain, uh, entertaining, he's, he's, he's got flair, he's got skill. Um, his end product, I think since we've signed him, has needed to be better. And I think like one or two others, he's going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. But if he can be consistent and he can improve his end product, I genuinely believe we've got a a seriously good player there, a seriously good player. I just hope he doesn't go down the route that Philippe Anderson went down. That's my only fear. Um, But you're looking at him as a person and and my assumption of him psychologically, I I don't think he will. I think we're going through a tough time as a squad at the moment in terms of form and tiredness. And I don't know. I think, um, I think the game being cancelled against Norwich was a godsend in hindsight, to be honest. I think they need that rest. So no, hopefully we'll see the best of him because um, if we do, I think I, I I believe that uh, we've got a really good player on our hands there. Yeah, I think well, I agree with what you said. And I think, like you say, the dribbling and taking people on is probably his best criteria. And it'd be interesting to see that he could get the stat, what his dribble succession rate is, because I think it must be quite high. I and mean, he looks the most dangerous. And yes, his end product definitely needs improving. But I think it's the potential that he's got. You know, 23, 24, I mean, there's a lot of potential there to get better and better. I think he works quite hard as well. You know, if you compare him to Anderson, he definitely he works harder than Anderson did um, and I think I just think he's a, a good a good potential player and yes the last few games last month maybe two months he's not been as good as I thought he was but then you could argue that about anyone Antonio hasn't been you know Suchek hasn't been as good as he was last year um, you know, there's players that were better at the start of the season because that we're getting a bit fatigued now, I think. But um, it's it, it, I still believe he is a good attacking player. You know, he's not the finished product, don't get me wrong. And if Lingard came back to the club, I would say that Ben Rama's the most vulnerable player um, in terms of who I would maybe replace him with. Yeah. But I still think that Ben Rama's got... Um, Potential. I mean, Flasic, you know, Flasic hasn't delivered yet. No, you know, maybe, maybe he will, but um, I think there's still room to go for certain players. And I think Ben Rama does definitely have um, potential to be a very good player. Um, this is uh, Jack Bayless. Hello, fellas. Going to swerve all the pandemic and form doldrums and instead be like you mate and instead tap into the old Christmas cheer with some quick fire Christmas day questions here we go first drink of the day what is it and what time <laughs> back in I'm the worst person you could ask that question I was going to say you're um, still drinking from the night before I <laughs> this just doesn't stop rolls into one <laughs> yeah well do you know it's funny because you know sometimes because of occasions you find yourself eating and drinking stuff that you wouldn't normally eat and drink and one of those for me in the morning is uh, Buck's Fizz <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. yeah, honestly, champagne with a bit of orange juice, and I don't even <laughs> like it, but it's just something that gets put in my hand every single morning of, of Christmas Day. It's bizarre, yeah. really, when you think about it. 
Yeah, mine's going to be really even more boring. But I like um, a a Coca-Cola, but from a bottle. Like, you know, the old school (laughs) bottles, like not not a plastic bottle, but like actual glass bottle. So you pour off it and it's really fizzy. I like that's my sort of traditions. Well, you made me sound like a right piss it there. Well, I like a Bailey's. A Bailey's <laughs> on Christmas, to be fair. A Bailey's is quite nice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so, nice. um, yeah, I always drink that. And yeah, I, 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 I'm not a, not a massive drinker. Um, speaking of drinking, we should say that the Carlton Cole event, there's a lot of tickets available for that. And people, because people have returned them, because we had to obviously cancel it before the Leeds game. There's a lot of tickets now available where people want to go. There's also tickets to the Alvin Martin event still going. And we're almost concluding when the American uh, event is going to be as well. But just to drop that in. Um, in terms of first drink, as I say, it'll probably be about, 10, no, maybe 11 o'clock, I'd have that coat, so I might have a bit of water beforehand, but uh, not mm-hmm. quite the Bucks Fizz story, but I'm, <laughs> as I say, I'm not as big a drinker as you. Um, no, I probably r- would have one at about 10 in the morning, if I'm honest, the Bucks okay. Fizz. Um, right, but yeah. it would just be the one. Because like I say, I, I drink it because it feels like it's the right thing to do. Like eating Brussels sprouts, I wouldn't do that any other day of the year, no. but I do on Christmas Day. So I would say I'd have one at about 10, then behave myself till the evening, and then I'll have uh, a nice little... JD and Coke or something. Look how many whiskies and um, rum you have to choose from now this winter, courtesy of your good friend. Yes, mate, that, that's very true. Although, if I'm honest, a few of them have gone already. <laughs> have they? <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet once the spice rum one, I bet that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. the one when I pretty much gave it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you walked in the door and took the top off and just down there. <laughs> yeah, I've got to see, you know me too well. Yeah. yeah. yeah see, yeah. I, yeah, I went in my last job as a leaving present. I got bought so many bottles of rum. Uh, and, you know, it was just nice. And I kept one of them, but that will last me about three years. So I, <laughs> Kindly donated the rest to you, and you yeah. you did bear out of my leaving do that I did. <laughs> <laughs> and and they last got, three minutes. Yeah, exactly. It was you that got me the sack. As well. <laughs> 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 I think there's a bit a big conspiracy going on here. Yeah, I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I bet you will. Um, I think we've already answered this. So Brussels sprouts, yes or no? Um, I think we've said yes. Yeah, on uh, Christmas, yes, but not yeah. any other day of the year for me now. No, um, classic Christmas TV show or film. Um, definitely. Well, TV shows, Falls and Horses. I mean, they don't make any new ones anymore. But Falls no. and Horses, um, Gavin and Stacey, uh, films off the top of my head. You know, I, I do like Christmas films like Home Alone, Elf. Um, yeah. um, it's a it's a, a good good one on Netflix actually. I think it made it in 2018 that I watched the other day. That's good. It's called uh, Click and Collect, and it's Stephen Merchant and. Asim Chowdhury, I think, you know, Chibadi G and uh, oh, yeah. that's good. Um, no, there's, there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot. Yeah. But the, the traditional style of, of uh, TV and film, I like at Christmas, definitely. So I, I don't watch it anymore. And I haven't watched it for about four or five years, um, maybe even more, maybe even about 10 years. But I used to like EastEnders on Christmas Day, like the Christmas special. Oh, so does my wife. But, but I, mate, it's I, so depressing though. Yeah, it? I know. And that's why I haven't watched it. I honestly haven't watched it for about 10 years. So I think the last one I watched, there was some ginger bloke called Bradley. I think he like 
commit suicide or jump off a boat uh, oh, the something pub. like that yeah, something like that yeah yeah. I think that was rough, the, yeah yeah that's right that was the last time i watched it so i can't say but it was just, that's like, how i felt after fucking sitting through an hour of it yeah and i like um i like the sort of countdown programs that are always on at that time of the year quite interesting like greatest christmas songs or greatest films or whatever but yeah for me the best christmas films undoubtedly head and shoulders for me it's the two home alones home alone one and mm. two i actually had a debate the other day of which one's better and i actually think it's rare the sequel is better but i think i actually slightly prefer home alone two yeah well we're splitting our house because yeah. my wife and my eldest i think go for two being a better one and me yeah. and my youngest go for one being a better one i think why it's i like close. To, he's close yeah he's very close he's very close i can see arguments for both but i think it's because home alone too set in new york at the and i love new york and it's the winter and i don't know you see it's a bit more scenic i think mm. so uh, yeah and that's the first film i ever saw in the cinema without my parents and i got told off for throwing popcorn i don't know if i had to say this you know <laughs> again another <laughs> yeah. crime <laughs> got told off for throwing popcorn at um, my mates and stuff so yeah it's yeah. Got, got happy memories and stuff but uh, I like Polar Express as a, as a kid's Christmas film yeah uh, I think Elf's a good one like you said there's uh, so many aren't there yeah what's that Cr- one Christmas Chronicles I think that's brilliant as well yes um, uh, Hitchcock's in one of them is it Hitchcock yeah whatever one he is in that's Santa it's a good one Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what, can't remember what it's called now, but um, Grinch. Yeah. Well. There's so many. I like all of them, to be honest. Yeah, um, and your cheese of choice, uh, Brie. Yeah, for me, it's between Brie and Stilton. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do like French um, Brie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Creamy yeah. French Brie, but Stilton does give it a good run for its money. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it again. I like a creamier one rather than a dry one. Oh, jeez, that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right, uh, this is, uh, I think we kind of covered it. It's about players and their form, so I'm going to skip that one. Um, Paul Smith, hi guys, a question to both of you. Since being at the London Stadium in on field terms, what have been our highest high, but also what have been our lowest low? Keep up the good work, lads. Mm, God. Well, the lowest, the lowest is definitely the Burnley protest, isn't it? It's got yeah, to be. I think no, so. Nothing's going to beat that, is it? No, I think so. I think that's got to be, yeah, there. And so those performances in mm. that first season, maybe mm. the violence, a uh, couple of the games. Was it Chelsea Cup game, maybe? That wasn't great, was it? I mean, the game was because we won, but there was a lot of problems yeah. off the pitch. Yeah. Performance-wise, that season, there were some really poor performances. I, I could just picture Zaza being terrible. And, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that's true. But Burnley would definitely be my uh, my instant gut reaction to that. And Hyde, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased to say, I think we had quite a few, haven't we? Yeah, it was a lot. Mm. I think the pedigree in terms of lows, because I think that's more interesting because there's loads of highs. You know, he's beaten Spurs, beaten Chelsea, beaten, you know, there's so many highs, I think, um, in recent years. Another low would be um, 
uh, Pellegrini in his last game. I think when we played, was it Leicester? We were just terrible that game. Terrible. And it was just really depressing. It was cold. It was January. So I actually went to that game with Matty Everington randomly. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, just really, really depressing. Um, and obviously Pellegrini got a sack after that, thankfully. Um, and I think it was just before COVID as well. And yeah, I think, yeah, that was a great time. No, I felt so let down by Pellegrini, honestly. Yeah. I mean, when he got the job, I was so excited. And you look at his pedigree and I still thought that he had some enthusiasm for the game. And uh, and I, do you know what? I'll tell you what, what grates me a little bit as well is how much money he was given. And I sort of feel like because he spunked it, that there's a reluctance within the club now to to give David Moyes a similar Oh, there budget. definitely was. Yeah, definitely was. And that annoys me. So, you know, that's definitely a low. You're right. I, f- I felt yeah. so let, let down by Pellegrini. Mm. Mm. Uh, this is, I'm going to be quick. So no, we've got, we've had quite a long show today. So for the last three questions, really quickly, Ben Allen. Hello, fellas. You was on about new chance last week. So what's your thoughts on this one? It's the tune of you to me are everything. What's that? You yeah, to me about everything. It. Right, yeah. Okay, I've got to, so I've got to sing this again, you know, if I have to. <laughs> so I'm going to get a tune right in my head. Right. Give to me your everything, your dribbling, your goal scoring, Ben Rama. Ben Rama. You joined us when we were clowns, took defenders on and sat them down. Ben Rama. Ben Rama. Yeah, I like it. Mm. I, I prefer it to the one we've got at the moment. It's, it's yeah. certainly more creative than the one we've got. Yeah. At the moment, that's for sure. I definitely yeah. think it's got legs. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? I like nah. the song. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah. done, that man. Yeah. yeah ben Allen. Maybe yeah, we'll have well to done, write ben. it down for people to see, but then he's off to the African nation. So maybe wait till he's back Who and we'll bring it out then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up front for Senegal. Um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's uh, yeah, Ben Rama. So maybe wait for when he's back. Um, Howard B, um, FM22, Football Manager 22, <laughs> has Ariola on 140k a week, and we're covering those wages with 13 million optional future fee. Is this correct? It would mean he is the highest paid player in the squad with Zuma next in 100k. Um, no, it's not correct. And the thing is, as much as Football Manager is a very, very reliable, and probably to some people that don't play it, not realised how much football. T- it is accurate. I know two of the coaches very well that are on West Ham's staffing list on um, on that get on the game, and so I always joke to them because I at the moment I'm currently managing Wrexham. So it'll be quite interesting to because they've got Hollywood owners trying to get them into the football mm. league and stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, I always I approached both my friends to come to work with me, and obviously both of them turned me down. So I took a photo and sent them and like, said, "Are oh, you wankers? You're missing a good life in Wrexham." Blah blah blah, blah <laughs> as, as you do. And uh, they were yeah. more concerned that the that the, the program had got their date of birth wrong their wages wrong, their previous club wrong, etc, etc so um, so yeah, I don't whilst it's very accurate, they obviously have paid researchers for pretty much every team I think um, it's not 100% reliable the release, the buy clause of 13 million probably isn't far off about from without researching it but I mean the wages, I mean that would put in like I said, I'd put in actually Yarmolenko's the highest paid player and that would put in 35 
40,000 higher than him. He wouldn't do that for a keeper that you knew was going to be not necessarily number one. So mm. no, don't treat it as gospel. That program is accurate, but not gospel. Um, William Brown, would you rather come bottom half but get to the final of a cup competition? I know I would. Oh, God, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, assuming that we're not talking about Champions League qualification, yeah, I think it's obviously been no-brainer. But... Yeah, I think lack of European spots. So is that eighth downwards, maybe? Definitely. Without yeah, a doubt. So, without a 100%. doubt. Yeah. yeah, because you're not hurt. It's not as if, you know, we're saying, would you would you get relegated if it meant that no. we get to a cup final? It's, you know, not being funny, if we finish seventh, that would be deemed as a good season by a lot of uh, people. But if we finish... 17th ultimately you've achieved, you've achieved the same thing which is nothing there is the credibility of a league finish i understand that but in terms of you know what what the prize is at the end of it it's it's no different is it so yeah to finish 15 even 15th 16th wouldn't be great but if we got to a cup final and won it i'd bite your hand off yeah, 100%. I agree. And finally, last thing, Nathan Clark. Dave, can you ask the following question in your best Schwarzenegger voice? Who would you rather have playing right now, Thomas Suchek or a potato salad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and these fucking impressions. We have to finish the Christmas show. Mate, I've sung three songs. You know, and I've, I've got the top billing. The crowd want you. I'm the warm-up <laughs> Yeah, you're the compare. Yeah. Um, right, so what is the question? Usually it's not really a question, but it's like, who would you rather have playing right now, Thomas Suchek or a potato salad? Right. Who would you rather have playing right now, Thomas Suchek or potato salad? <laughs> <laughs> that was very good, mate. Well done, very good. And you didn't know that that was coming. So no, that's I didn't. Him, I didn't. That's his zero preparation. So. Say to the chopper, Benny. Right. Okay. That is the end of the show. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us your questions. And we sincerely hope you all have a fantastic Christmas. Take care, be lucky, and until next week, up the Amers. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.